What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. I think this is going to be a really great show for you guys. I hope you enjoy. Um, we had some intra-Marvel fighting, at least uh, uh, Fox Marvel fighting, it seems like. Uh, the Deadpool writer, um, Rob Layfield, was, was saying a lot. Saying a lot about the future of, of, of Deadpool, the future of, of Marvel's uh, pursuing and and he's not he's not all happy with it so we'll uh, break down those comments we'll also talk about some more projects that could be in the work for marvel we talked about a couple of shows that or movies that may be happening next week last week rather um now some more uh shows and movies potentially also in the work so we'll break that stuff down um a dc project that we talked a little bit about on this show could eventually could now be on the chopping block so we'll Shot. break that down and a virtual Comic Con? How would that work? <laughs> I guess we'll have to discuss. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with uh, Kendall Stewart. Now, Kendall, I think one of the things that was crazy about this week, uh, in terms of what was fascinating, was uh, Lord and Miller, the, the the producers for the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse uh, movie. They were doing a kind of a you know live watch of Into the Spider-Verse, which we've all considered you no. Know, one of the greatest animated movies we've seen, one of the greatest superhero movies we've seen. And uh, they were asked about if there was any possibility we could have seen um, Tom Holland make a cameo as Spider-Man in maybe an animated form in that movie. And they said that not only were they uh, trying to pitch having Tom Holland in the movie, they also wanted some kind of uh, scene or situation with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield uh, involved with Spider-Ham in that movie and that uh, they pitched it to Sony and Sony said that it was, quote, too soon to something like that. I'm curious, what do you make of uh, this reveal that happened during this quarantine watch party from Phil Lord and Chris Miller? Um, <laughs> that's a, it's a very interesting statement. Uh, my takeaway, the first takeaway I have is I kind of, I guess, well, I'll say, first of all, not if you saw the movie, you know, it's a, it's sort of an Easter egg fest to begin with. So, like, and, you know, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are very smart, kind of, you know, kind of quirky kind of directors. So I could definitely see them, and the producers, I should they should, so I could definitely see them trying to add something as unique as that scene in that movie in terms of a cameo. But there's a part of me that, while I do agree with Sony, it would have been too soon to do it in the first one. Uh, it would have been fine, but I can see why they maybe want to wait for a second or a third movie. I don't. I didn't want to know that that was on the that that was in, on the cards or that was in the cards. You know what I mean? Because now I'm looking for it. Now I'm waiting for when we get into the second movie or the third movie and be like, oh, so when's Holland and the Spider Friends showing up? Well, well, I mean, weren't they asked the question? I mean, they were. Asked, I mean, I mean, it's Twitter, so you. Know, I mean, trust people. me. I'm sure they're they're very uh, apt at ignoring trolls on Twitter. I'm sure they could have ignored. No, yeah. Yeah. So, so, to ask them. Okay, all right. I didn't know if it was a thing where someone was picking. Questions. I don't. I don't oh, know. Yeah, why. I don't I know what like, you know, was. some guy asked him a live question. You know, like you know, Comic Con. Okay. Q and A. But um, still, it was like, you know, I would have rather not known that. Mm. Uh, or if you do give me like a sly like. Hmm, maybe it would have been more than Tom Holland or something like that. I would have been like, all right, but I mean, he gave me the straight like, or they, you know, or he gave me. I would say I don't, I don't know which one it was, but 
just a straight, yeah, we were going to do that, and we were going to do Maguire and Garfield and Spider-Ham, uh, and Sony said too soon, meaning eventually we will do it. So it's like, all right, now I'm waiting for it. Hmm. Okay. Um, hey, Shamari's on the show as well. Shamari, do you think it would have been too soon to make a move like that? Uh, uh, yeah, I agree. I think it would have been a, a little bit too soon, especially for, for Maguire. I would have been fine with Garfield showing up. I think that would have been fun. Um, but I understand. So you think it would have been too soon for Maguire, but not for Garfield or, or, um, no, I meant Garfield though for Maguire also, I think it was too soon for Holland. Right. For sure. That's what I meant to say. So too soon for, for why did it too soon for Garfield? (laughs) Not Maguire. Maguire, We haven't seen him in like 10, 15 years. (laughs) You know, been too soon for, um, for Holland. I always get these Spider-Man. Yeah, it was like 80 million. <laughs> Too soon for, for Holland. Uh, but Garfield and Maguire, I think it would have been. I think that should have been fine. But look, I totally get it. If Sony's like, no, we're going to hold off on this. Um, you know, wait until maybe the Sony-verse, Spider-verse, whatever you want to call it, is a little more developed. And then maybe they, I wouldn't be surprised if we got a Venom reference in the next one. Maybe that's something they're planning. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe they are holding off on. Maybe stuff. that's why they they only mention this. You know? Yeah, because maybe they're like, oh, we got so much more. Yeah, stuff we can tell them this because the once they see Tom Hardy, they're still going to be surprised. And there's so many other Spider Men that you don't even know about that we're just going to throw into this next right. Spider Verse movie. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, I mean, who knows? So I'm not I'm not too upset about it about knowing about it, uh, but it's still a very fun kind of tidbit. What's your take on it, EJ? Yeah, I mean. I, I I'm kind of torn because on the one hand I'm like, you know, you know he said it'd be it would have been like a tag to the movie, so I guess that probably would have meant that it would have been uh, in a post credit scene or mid credit scene, and something like that. I think that the, you probably could have gotten away with it as long as it's not something that's within the plot. Uh, I think that 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 could have worked, and I think that would have been really awesome. But on the other hand, when we talk about too soon, you know, I'm not even sure if the fact that, you know, we, we just have a new Tom Holland and, you know, even Garfield and his Spider-Man movies are kind of still fresh, really. Um, I, I, I do feel like, to me, too soon would be more that I think, I don't know if we needed the distraction of those sure. other Spider-Men in this movie. I think that it became clear. To, I think in some ways, I think Sony kind of saved uh, Christopher Miller and Phil Lord from themselves. Because I think that they created something that was so amazing within their own little playground of what they were doing. That didn't involve, you know, taking from other sources, whether it be Marvel Studios or Sony's past movies. They kind of just did their own thing. They created their own original story. They didn't really... They did some callbacks to the Tobey Maguire stuff with, you know, Jake Johnson's uh, Spider-Man. But for the most part, a lot of it was, you know, very original. And they didn't... You know, specifically have Tobey Maguire in it. Like, um, so I, I kind of feel like the, I, the fact that, like, they weren't involved kind of elevates the the greatness of the movie. I think that, while I don't necessarily agree, I think some people will look at, you know, the Marvel, particularly maybe the first Homecoming, and feel like, you know, like, yeah, this is a good movie, but, like, you know, Robert Downey's in it, and it's Iron Man, and he's fighting, helping Spider-Man fight, you know, the bad guy, and how, like, some people that's gonna that's not gonna sit with them the right way. I think it's for some people it is kind of a stain on these first two movies that they rely so heavily on, you know, the Marvel brand. I think the fact that they didn't have to do that with Lord and Miller, and I know obviously you know 
Maguire and uh, Garfield aren't aren't um, aren't part of the MCU. But I think that the fact that they didn't have to do that, I think, speaks a lot to how great that movie is. Like the fact that I can look back on that and say, "Man, that was a, just a great movie." Like I don't know how much that would have elevated it if they would have had that at the end. It would have been cool, but like now I feel like why I do agree, like their reveal kind of ruins whatever future we may have of seeing them. I feel like now they have more latitude to do something bolder than like just put him in the post credit. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, on Imperial Broadcast, we talked a lot about, we've talked a lot in the last couple of weeks about the Mandalorian, you know, I, you know, them proving themselves in season one with kind of, you know, kind of bit players. It's kind of like, you know, in sports that, you know, that team that like in year one kind of kind of has a scrappy roster, but the owner doesn't want to spend a lot of money because the coach and the GM have to prove themselves. But once they do kind of win games, they're all right, you know what, I'll spend to try and win games. Like, I think Sony might be a little more, just like with the Mandalorian in season two and them talking about Boba Fett maybe being in it and Ahsoka Tano and other big Star Wars characters, I can definitely see in a sequel Sony saying, all right, you guys can do basically whatever you want because you guys made us a lot of money last time, so we'll definitely trust you this time around. Um, how do you guys feel about, I was wondering, do we think that people, if, let's say they just made an animated version of Holland, whatchamacallit, Garfield, Maguire, how many people 100% get the reference? Or do you have to show I think, them I, I think, in some live action form to get people to understand? I think the way, if you, if you draw it and direct it correctly, I think almost everyone gets it. Yeah, I was going to say, I would, That's say what I would hope. I'll say like at least 95%. That's what I would hope. I would, hey, just, hey, I would just wonder if people are just like, wait, wait, who, you know, if you don't recognize because it's not I mean, a live action. I mean, not, I'd say 100% probably of people would would recognize at least one of them. That's I, right. I don't think anyone in the theater, I mean, unless you're like no, a, yeah. very young right, or whatever. Right, right. I, mean, I don't think anyone in the theater that's like an adult would be like, who are any of these people? Right. You know, just wait. Uh, throw <laughs> I don't think it would be like that. I guess I'm saying like, you know, we always had that joke about like, oh, you know, do people even realize Tom Holland's different from Tobey Maguire or like <laughs> it's a different universe? Like we always had that joke and I'm like, how many people would like even get that there was there's been three different Spider Man and like oh yeah I think I think people know. would definitely get that yeah that'll be I think that you know that'll be really fun that's probably and, why they pitched it because they they thought right they they really they, they could work and my other question is what when you think about animation and Spider Man the one thing we haven't really talked about is do we think that there's a possibility that we could get you know uh, spectacular Spider Man you know Ultimate Spider Man. Uh, Spider-Man is Amazing Friends, like the 90s Spider-Man, like is there, is there a chance, we, the 60s Spider-Man, is there a chance we get a crossover with a lot of the television animated versions of Spider-Man that we've seen in this movie with Miles Morales? I mean, that would be, it would be cool, but I just don't know, I don't, I don't know if, if that's a good, a big enough callback. Like to me, I don't like, that's, you know, that's kind of, you know, you know how I feel about Spectacular Spider-Man, but I don't know if it has enough of I know I did a video putting it on the Mount Rushmore animated. I mean, cartoon. it has a so, so, let, so let me put that. Let me preface that by saying people may think I'm a wild hypocrite for saying this, but I don't know if that's a big enough callback for people to really get it. The '90s oh. Spider-Man, I could see you getting away with that and not working. Yeah, if it's tackler and ultimate, I, I don't. I think that people would just be like, okay, this is just another Peter Parker. Why? Why is this? What? What is? But that? it may not. The the good thing is that you may not need. If you if you tell the story good enough, you may not need to explain it. 
like it could just be in a different universe. And the people that get that is those television shows get it. People that don't don't. But you know, I wouldn't lean on the fact that like, oh, this is an Easter egg as much as it is like, oh, like you know. And I also wouldn't like make the whole story about it. But like, it's kind of, if it's kind of like you know the the, the mm-hmm. fairly odd parent special channel chasers where you know Timmy Turner is going to different you know old cartoons and like in different animations and stuff like if that's what this ended up being that would be kind of funny i think but mm. that's just again another uh it's another kendall uh storyboard idea just throwing out there mm. another random thing about spider-man that i guess i should bring up is i was um it was what was it, saturday or sunday one of these days effects was showing the amazing spider-man one which i i feel like we need to do a retrospective of like those two movies because they're two movies. Well, two. That, I don't know about the second. Well, the reason I'm not saying second, though, the second. Well, I know you did. Have you seen the second? I've never seen the second in its entirety. Oh, I, man, actually only the, saw, I only saw the third act, and I was like, "Wow, this looks ridiculous." But, <laughs> I saw the first act. That's tough, man. That's a tough. tough I know, bet. man. But like, that's, that's that's a bad beat, as a as a Rhodey said in Civil War. But man, I'm watching Amazing Spider-Man one and. I don't think I could, I, like, look, I don't want to be one of those people that bags on the Garfield Spider-Man. I, I like, there's oh, a lot of fans it. who like it. That, right? What? Fans who, <laughs> wait, what are you thinking, though? No, I was like, uh, Shamari's a big Garfield guy, right? Um, like, definitely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, nah, but, like, I don't want to be one of those that bags on the Garfield Spider-Man. Because, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I think as I've gotten older, you know, I think on the show we do a good job. I'm not trying to be one of the people that just goes and just, like, rags on things that some people really like. If you like what you like, that's cool. I did not really like Amazing Spider-Man that much. Um, the first one, I only saw the third act of the third one. A uh, second one, rather. But I'm watching it, you know, the, the origin scene before I'm getting ready for work. And I don't think I've seen a worse Spider-Man origin than that that scene of him in the subway that was like ridiculous how did we stand for that do you all remember that nope. scene he's yeah, spider-man no, i don't I like know. they think that we us new yorkers are idiots how could anyone who have been on that train not be like oh snap that guy that i saw two months ago that was climbing on the ceiling of my subway train is spider-man he's gotta be like, he was doing great, ridiculous stuff. I didn't even get to the part where he was breaking the backboard. Like, I was already done. Oh, that was goofy, yeah. And he jumped yo. on the half, he jumped from half court and broke the backboard. I mean, yo, like, that was, I, I know they wanted to get more fun and they wanted to be campy in some ways, but that wasn't good campy to me. That was, like, insulting the intelligence of the audience campy. And it was really ridiculous. And I'm not going to, like, you know, go more further into just the overall movie. I didn't watch the overall movie after that. But I'm just watching the scene because I was curious. I was like, oh, yeah, this is where he's in the lab and gets bit by the spider. Like, how is this all going to work? And, you know, I, I can go all day about how I didn't like uh, Garfield's portrayal of Peter Parker. I actually thought he was a decent Spider-Man. But, but I mean, that, that scene of him in the subway, he's pulling the shirt off the woman. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. Like, it... I know it was like in 2010 or whatever, but it, it looked like it was something from 1995. That's how campy it was. The um, real quick, speaking of animation, uh, this weekend I was watching 
the episode of Iron Man Armored Adventures. Watched a couple episodes of that this weekend. Uh, interesting show. Obviously, Nickelodeon is the one where Tony Stark is, you know, like a teenager and stuff. Uh, he interacts with a lot of different Marvel heroes and stuff. And uh, watched the watched an episode with uh, Doctor Doom, who was the villain of the episode. Uh, and our brother Henry made an interesting comparison of Doctor Doom in that show that I thought could be interesting for what he could be in the MCU. Uh, the portrayal uh, of Doctor Doom in Iron Man Armored Adventures was very Darth Vader-esque, uh, said our brother Henry. And it's funny because, like, and they also made him, they made him way too big. He's like 7'3", and it was like, and that's when the Darth Vader thing really became clear. It was like, oh, they made him mad tall. But, but um, do we think that, like, it would make sense to maybe make Doctor Doom sort of similar to a Darth Vader type in the MCU to make him work. You know, like watching that. You have, to, you have to explain. You have to explain to the audience what about him, what about this portrayal made him seem like Darth Vader so, size and being tall. You know, yeah, fair enough. Um, obviously, you know, it's the mask and the kind of the the modulated voice and the kind of did man a few words but like you know very like dark powerful presence kind of he's a little broken in the show doing stuff where i'm like all right i don't know how he's surviving this but um like they just made him like every time he's in the room by far the most powerful guy in there you know he's interacting with all these you know like obadiah stain you know like in the show it was like you know iron man he's running iron man's company and like he's interacting with the guy but like this guy it's like vader interacting with you know an imperial you know kind of you know, leader, and it's like, all right, you know, this is this is definitely Darth Vader esque. Um, and it, I mean, look, it was great. Like, I, the portrayal of him was really good, and I thought, like, all right, maybe, maybe that's what. And they also, his origin was not tied to the Fantastic Four at all. Like, he was just like the the European, you know, ruler of Latveria that was, that was coming to the United States to, you know, basically steal Iron Man's armor. That was the story, and <laughs> but he was like protected under diplomatic immunity, so like. They couldn't really, Shield couldn't really do anything about it, and Iron Man was just doing this on his own volition, and then Shield ended up protecting Doom. It was, it was a good story, but um, it just really, to me, I thought about it as a potential baseline for what we could see from Doom in the MCU, uh, and I'm intrigued. Now it makes me even more excited to see Doom in the MCU, because I'm like, man, like, I'm not saying I need him to be a complete ripoff of Darth Vader from the work, but, like, if that's the kind of guy we get in the MCU, like, give him that mysterious aura, make him like really, really powerful. And they also talked about how like they thought he was they thought he was using magic and then they eventually realized he was just using like super, super advanced tech. And I'm like, this this I mean this could be this could be a good story in the MCU, so I'm excited. Mm. I mean Any thoughts, Trent? You're you're the um, Star Wars expert on this show. <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't I would rather do um I want to get to know Doom. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure. I, I, well, I'm not sure. See, but hopefully at some point, right. you know, in the show, they explained him as a character. And, I prefer the Doom where we get to know Doom and then he becomes Doom. See, but I, I the only thing, because I thought about that, but I thought maybe that was the drawback of the last two movies. I mean, the last one's a lot of drawbacks that had nothing to do with even the way they portrayed him beforehand. It was just a bad movie. Well, yeah, that was, that was terrible. But if we're talking about maybe the first one, like, like the last two movies have tried to do the whole thing where we kind of know who Doom is before he becomes Doom. What if 
in the MCU, he's kind of he kind of just is Doom, and we don't know his origin for a while. Yeah, I actually was gonna step on step on that exact point. Like, I actually kind of disagree, Sham. I think that mm-hmm. in some ways, Doom is such an absurd character that personalizing him is pointless. Yeah, I humanizing. That, him. I think yeah, humanizing. That's really where I'm looking for. Thank you. Uh, humanizing him is, is is pointless. He's he's so over the top as a villain that. I think that the last two movies tried to humanize him, which you do with any story, any villain, you know, uh, origin story. But I almost feel like certain guys, if you're going off the soft material, are just they're too goofy for those origins to really work. And I'd say that they they couldn't have done better. They trust me, they could have done better in those first two movies. Uh, well, there was three, but the two movies where you had a Doom origin. Um, but at the same time, I almost wonder if if he it would be better off if he kind of was kind of established as a guy who already kind of was you know an a hole who kind of thought that he had a god complex and uh, was already kind of where he his status was as Doom. Now I think that you could probably still tell stories about him in a way that's different than we've seen with a straight origin, but I don't think that necessarily you need that. I, I think that. Um, kind of establishing him, you know, off jump as a badass is all you need. I mean, I can, the best Doctor Doom portrayal I've ever seen was, you know, Avengers uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I mean, that season, what, three or season two premiere, that's the best Doom. That that was... Yeah, I rewatched that one. You want to <laughs> get a feel for what Doctor Doom should be in the MCU? Watch that episode. That's exactly what he needs to be, and that 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 episode had nothing. They didn't do any kind of character growth with Doom. He just he just was Doom, and you didn't the the, the way the other characters played off of him. The whole episode was all you need to know about who this Doctor Doom was in this universe, and I think that Marvel could do in a lot of ways the same thing. I think that his his character and his origin doesn't necessarily need to be flushed mm-hmm. out in a way because I think again it's just it's just so. It's just so like nineteen sixty nine or sixty eight whenever he came out. Like it's just so old. I, I don't know if that's necessarily yeah. the best route. I mean, I mean, I think primarily I just want him to be a character, just in the terms of differentiating him from Darth Vader. Right. And that for a lot, of, a lot of people were upset that, when Vader true. got an origin. You know, yeah. like I don't want to. I want him to just be scary. And it's like right. no, like. Vader, you, you know, like, I think Vader's like, better after the, the prequels than he was. Right, exactly. Before. You know, it's like but, we know his story, and it's yeah. just like we. But who am I to say? Because I'd never seen a Dark Vader without the prequels. So yeah. So I mean, it's just like <laughs> you know, I think that like I need to know who Doom is. I don't want him to just be kind of scary, breathing, and just just scary and powerful. Like right. I want to know who he is. Yeah, yeah. I you know, I I get you. And that that's also I, I that's what I also neglected to mention about the Darth Vader comparison is, you know, the kind of the mysterious the mysterious aura of like who is this guy? You know, that Vader brought in the pre in the original trilogy that, you know, you could now the thing is Doom, like we know who Victor Von Doom is, but if they don't really get into his origin, the MCU is very quick to tell you who everybody is for the most part. But if they don't tell you who Doom is, that'd be kinda like a little leery, you know, it's like, all right, you know. I mean, Thanos—they kind of did the same thing. But if Doom's like doing stuff, really, and we no one knows who he is, that would be kind of crazy. Especially with the whole Latveria thing, you know, you could have Latveria kind of coming up. So another uh, storyboard from Doom. Yeah, I think the the difference between Doom and Vader is Vader is an instrument of the Empire's fist. You know, like 
Right. Whereas, so, so not personalizing him comes at a little bit of a cost. Doom, because he, he is the fist. Like, I think, I, I think it's a little different. Like, I think you can get away. Like, I, I get what Shannon is saying, but I think you can, like I was, like I was saying, like, I feel like what I was going to say was like, not Earth to heroes. Like, yeah, they didn't do a lot of character development. But you knew exactly who this dude was with the way everyone else was acting around him and around him and in their interaction with him. You knew how dangerous he was. You knew the kind of uh, uh, you know infrastructure he had behind him to support his efforts in like, that area. Like, there's a way to tell you who he is without necessarily you know I don't go as having far. to show everything. And I think that with Vader, you could argue that they, they needed that a little bit. Because he's just a guy just doing the bidding of someone else. And when, when I thought when, about well, Doom is the guy. So he can tell you what he is right. trying to do, what he wants to do, and then he does it. So I think it's, it's, it's a little apples and oranges. Last thing on this real And quick. when I thought about the Vader thing, last thing, I, I, like, I also thought about, you know, I would be fine if they didn't cast a big, tam- big, a big name actor, like, as Doctor Doom. I mean, I'd be fine if they didn't cast really anybody as Doctor Doom. Initially, like if they just he, was just he just was Doctor Doom, he gave him a voice, and like James Earl Jones, you know, I would be like, wow, it'd be kind of crazy, you know. You could have people giving the backstory and stuff, like, you know, but like, I don't like. I mean, he guy wears a mask. Like, I don't know if I really need him to be like, you know, Matthew McConaughey, for example. I don't know if anybody thought Matthew McConaughey was gonna be Doom, yes, but please, please, let's not have that happen. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, great actor, but no, not Victor Dark Bond. No, let's, let's hope we don't have that happen. Um, <laughs> let's get to uh, some of the stories we had this week. So, as I said at the top of the show, man, um, Robert Liefeld, uh, Dead, Rob Liefeld, Liefeld, sorry, um, Deadpool's creator, not all that happy with where Marvel is at right now with Deadpool. As you guys know, the MCU acquired, or rather, Marvel Studios acquired all the Fox characters back, meaning. The Marvel characters like the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, and Deadpool are now back home with Marvel. And as you guys know right now, we have not heard much about what the future holds for Deadpool. We know, I think uh, Reynolds, you know, came out with comments this week saying that, you know, he thought the future was kind of, um, was was bright because, you know, there's a lot of options at play with all that Disney has at their disposal. But, um Mr. Liefeld is, is not all that pleased with, with where things are going right now. And he says that the fact that we don't have a third movie is Marvel's fault. Um, he, he was very clear. I'm going to read some of the quotes he gave. He said, um, he said, you know, I don't know in, in regards to like what the future is for a Deadpool or another X-Force film or, or a X-Force film rather. Um, he said, here's what people don't want to hear. But thank God I'm a realist. I feel like Deadpool, the movies, they're, they're set sail. We got two brilliant movies. We live in a culture that always looks forward because all they're selling us is next, 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 next. Yeah, you like that. Here's next. You like that. Here's next. I told my kids it's the fever. It's the fever. For me, as the fever calms down, people just tend need to chill out and realize that Deadpool 1 and 2 were released within two years of each other, 2016 and 2018. I just can't. I'm not really that crazy about Marvel's plan right now. He went on to uh, name drop uh, Kevin Feige. He said it's... The first time I go, hey, Feige, did you even have a plan for your, uh, did you even have a plan? Your plan was for Eternals and Shang-Chi. That was your plan and Black Widow. So they close the door. Chris Evans says goodbye. Robert Downey Jr. says goodbye. Black Widow falls off a cliff and says goodbye. 
they almost lost Tom Holland to Sony in regards to kind of questioning Feige's um, his role in, in, in his in his uh, future planning for uh, for the MCU. Uh, and then he sarcastically talking about Marvel says, but you're a genius, but Marvel, you're a genius. Okay. I think I like the Deadpool films. Uh, I can't. So man, he is, he not happy. Um, he went on to say basically that, uh, he doesn't think that a, a movie is in the plans for the Marvel and Disney, uh, conglomerate right now. Uh, he said, look, if they start making Deadpool today, it would come out in four years. I can't be excited about that. I think the answer is to the question. I can't gloss it up and go, oh, yee, yeah, gee, gladly, golly, which is a crazy quote. He was talking a lot, man. <laughs> Those are just some of the quotes. I think I'm going to stop him there, and we'll get to maybe some of his other stuff later. Yeah. But um, obviously, you know, me being a massive Deadpool fan, I have a lot of respect for Rob Liefeld. Um, there's some kind of beef here, clearly. I don't know what the beef yeah. is, but there's some beef. Because um, to me, the answer is either there's some beef or he doesn't know how the whole rights, movie rights thing kind of works out. Like he doesn't really understand it. And to me, I, 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 think, I don't think it's a matter of being smart or dumb. I think it's more of just being informed. And I would like to think that he's someone that's informed about how movies get made, and particularly since he's, his, he created a character that was then made into movies. I'm sure he's had a lot of consultation with movie directors and movie producers about the process and executives of the process and you know Deadpool, this Deadpool movie something that was talked about for he for a guy who's talking who's complaining about not maybe seeing it in the next three four years as a Deadpool fan I remember when in 2010 we we're like oh yeah we'll get Deadpool in a couple of years and we didn't get it till 2016 so like so he knows the process and how tenuous it could be so considering that and him got just wilding out right now there is some issue. I don't know what his issue is, but I, and I don't. I don't want to just make him sound like he's just a guy who just has a axe to grind because maybe he has a point. Like Marvel, we talked about. Look, we think that we when this whole thing was starting to get talked about, we hoped that Marvel kind of was starting the ball rolling on having a plan for the X Men characters for Deadpool and for Five Fantastic Four. And while they maybe did have a plan, it's it's very clear that it wasn't a plan that was actively in action. They didn't do a thing, it seems like, until the ink was dried on the contract. And maybe they had no choice. I don't know. But it doesn't seem like we're anywhere close to having an X-Men or Deadpool or Fantastic Four movie. So maybe he has a point in saying that, hey, you guys are dragging your feet. And is this really a priority for you? Deadpool was the first character they mentioned in the Disney-Fox merger. So I think it's insane to think that they, they have no plans for Deadpool. That They do. But maybe he does have a point that they didn't have the right urgency. What do you say, Sham? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what's going on with him right now. I agree that th- there seems to be something off, um, because I, I don't, because he's coming at, he seems to be coming at Marvel Studios and Feige with just a, 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 specific, a particular type of energy that you don't come at, you know, a studio you respect with, with. <laughs> that, yeah, you that you respect in any kind of way, you know, like, like he's it's just very, very angry and upset. Um, 
and uh, unrealistically so, honestly. I, I when Marvel acquired Deadpool, I mean, I, part of me is like, are there Deadpool fans that are confused? You know, is he? I mean, was he respond? I don't know exactly. You know what happened and why he started making these comments. Are are there Deadpool fans that are upset that we don't have a Deadpool movie now? You know, or that or that we're not gonna that one wasn't announced immediately. You know, is that something that's like? I mean, I'm sure there's there's some out there, but. Some are like really hardcore Deadpool fans out there, but I don't think there's this chorus of people that are that are, you know, upset with Marvel Studios or upset with Kevin Feige and angry. And, you know, so I I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't really understand why he's so, so, so angry, um, you know, and upset with Kevin Feige and with Marvel Studios. So I, I would imagine there's something going on behind the scenes we don't know about. Um, someone probably told him maybe someone at Marvel Studios told him something he doesn't want to hear. With regards to their plans for Deadpool going forward, um, and uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, he he also says in one of his comments, he says that Marvel has zero plans um, with Deadpool. He says it very definitively, almost as if he knows for a fact, you know, which is very odd. But he says it. He's like, you know how many? You know what plans they have? Zero. They have no plans. That's what he said. He said they have no plans right which, now for yeah. Deadpool. Um, which, you know, that may be the case right now, but eventually they're going to do something with him. I don't know when. I don't know when. You know, they didn't make any announcements. Um, or, well, I don't know. Did they make any announcements? Or whether no, we're nothing, getting, nothing official. Yeah, they haven't made anything official uh, yet. So I don't know when, but we'll get Deadpool eventually. It may be a while for him now because they may have to, it may take time for them to sort out exactly how they want him to fit in this universe. I mean, this is a PG-13 universe so far. Um, so, I mean, we'll have to see how that goes, but. Yeah, he's got he's wilding out. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you know the Liefeld thing is my 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 guess on what's happening is I don't think I think I think he's being squeezed out. You know, I think my guess is that Fox he's very vocal in kind of his support of the Fox Deadpool movies. Mm-hmm. You know, he was kind of I, I don't know if he got a producer credit on those movies, but he certainly was involved. You know, they certainly used him as a consultant, like EJ mentioned, uh, for those movies. And, you know, he would talk a lot about he'd make appearances and do interviews and stuff about the movies. And he seemed to know what was happening. And, you know, and I think Kevin Feige, again, this is all me playing armchair quarterback. But, you know, I think Kevin Feige is is, is stiff arming stiff arming him a little bit, you know, like because Marvel and Disney like to keep everything really, really close to the vest. So going out and telling Rob Liefeld everything about what's happening may not they may not feel, especially for a guy that likes to talk, keep it real. I mean, well, he wrote Deadpool, so it makes sense. Uh, but like for a guy that likes to talk, it may not be the the smartest idea for them to go go out there telling him everything I mean, that's gonna he, happen. I mean, he's kinda acting like he's having a Deadpool episode, you know. Yeah. Like he's having some kind of mental something yeah. going on. <laughs> it, it was, it, but so I think I think it makes sense for them to kind of not tell him everything. Uh, he may have even went to them and said, "All right, so what are we doing with Deadpool? You know, what, what's the plan?" And they said, "We don't have a plan right now." You know, and they, that could be verbatim what they told him, and he's taking that as, and he may be parroting that, saying they don't have a plan. That's what I heard. That's what they told me, and I don't think that's legit. I think that they probably do. I think they have a plan. They're probably keeping close to the vest. It's probably not in the near future, but somewhere down the line. Uh, but they have a plan for Deadpool. Um, Bob Iger, when they acquired 20th, 20th Century Fox, 
Deadpool is one of the few properties that Bob Iger mentioned by name talking about what their potential plans for the character were and talked about they're going to have to, you know, make decisions on the rated R aspect of Deadpool. We've talked about it plenty of times on this show. Bob Iger talking about that. So you can trust that Bob Iger has talked to Kevin Feige about what are we doing with Deadpool? How are we going to make him work in the MCU? Are we going to cut the rated R limit? Are we going to go rated R? Are we going to say, no, we're going to scale Deadpool back to a PG-13 rating? Most of the talk has been that Iger seems fine with the rated R thing. Maybe it's with a label that's outside the MCU, but like to th- say they have zero plans for Deadpool is that that's somebody's uninformed. And to me, I think him being uninformed probably suggests that he's not involved. And, you know, I can see why the guy who created Deadpool is upset that he's not involved in the, in the project at all. He's not involved in the plans at this stage when I'm sure Fox and Ryan Reynolds had a really good thing with him with the last, with the last uh, two movies. So now that communication can totally been cut off. And to me, it's like, I mean, that's the way more welcome to Marvel, man. They don't, they don't just tell everybody everything that's happening, you know? So yeah. Uh, to me, it's not a surprise, and that's my handle. That's my theory on what's happening here. You know, that I think there's a little bit of animosity because he's been cut out of the loop. Mm-hmm. And look, it also needs to be mentioned that you know, Liefeld, he's kind of a character. Like he's always kind of been like, and I think to create a character like Deadpool, he probably had to be kind of a character. So right. he's never been, he's never been one been shy to make his opinion heard, and and he has, you know, been a controversial figure in some ways in comics. But I do agree with Kendall. I think there is a little bit of a boxing out that he may feel is happening. I'm not even sure if it actually is happening, but I think he may certainly feel that it's happening, and that's leading him to kind of lash out. I think this is kind of his, from kind of looking him up and kind of seeing his track record, that seems to be kind of his thing, is that he tends to kind of like, when he wants to make a point, he tends to lash out his work, I think, of, you know what I'm saying? And this was, that's what this was. Um I do feel like, you know, he's, but that's why I kind of phrased the question, not really the question, but phrased the initial thing of how I pointed it out. I think he is raising an interesting point, though. Like, do I think he's wrong? Yes. I, I, I have no doubts that Marvel has plans for Deadpool. Um, is it a Deadpool 3? I don't know if it's a straight Deadpool 3. Maybe it's a Deadpool and someone else movie. Maybe it's, you know, I don't know. But Deadpool is going to be part of this. You don't have Bob Iger in the biggest acquisition maybe in the history of entertainment uh name drop deadpool in like the second paragraph of the press release is the first hero he mentions he might have been only hero he mentioned i don't remember but like that was very like i as a deadpool fan i will never forget that i'm like that's crazy like deadpool is in a press release for 21st century fox and disney and this character is being mentioned this guy who was a d-list character like that's crazy because that's how much money he's made, and that's how much of a box office appeal he is. Um, like, to me, I, I do feel like there maybe there does need to be a question, though, that's raised about, does it make sense to, as he says, have plans for I, I, Ant-Man 3? And for, he says Deadpool going to be twisting in the wind. Deadpool, excuse me, to be twisting in the wind. I don't think that that's the right characterization. But, <laughs> I mean, we don't, we don't know what's happening, though. We don't know what's happening with Deadpool. And... And I would assume that we're not going to have any clear, you know, Deadpool content before Ant-Man 3 comes out. So I think that that's kind of 
is a there is a point to say, okay, you know, what is going on? Should they have been more quicker to say, as soon as these characters are in our possession, we need to have plans to get them in here ready to go. And maybe they, they weren't as ready as we thought they were. What I will say is I don't think that it's fair for him to kind of just jump down Kevin Feige's throat about his plan saying, how the hell are you doing Eternals and Black Widow before Deadpool? That makes no I mean, sense. That's, that's, an un, that's, an unfair, that's an unfair assessment because at one point in time, Deadpool was not carte blanche at Marvel. Well, at one point, Deadpool, the character Deadpool, was a lower-end character. Yeah, he wasn't just like, just like the Guardians of the Galaxy at one point were lower-end characters. But guess what? Sometimes you come up with great vision. You're a visionary that comes out with great plans and a great vision for a story that elevates and characters to, me, to another level. So who's to say that this Black Widow movie, which you know a lot of people are already excited about anyway, this is a character that's been on in movies now for a decade, isn't great. Who's to say that Ant-Man 3 isn't amazing? Who's to say, no, right, especially something like the Eternals that's new, um, in terms of new in terms of being on the big screen, it's great. Like I, I think that in Shang Chi, I mean, I thought that was that was a low blow to me to be like, screw your plans. My character is better than these guys. Like, and, like, that's, and that's sad that's because not, that's not cool. Rob Liefeld, I would imagine, is a comic book purist, probably right. a comic book hall of famer. But to me, that's a disrespect to even like Jack Kirby. If you're saying why Colonel and not Deadpool. It's like, yeah. I mean, all right, you know, day for the humility guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a Jack Kirby created story. I mean, like, look, Rob Liefeld, like, like your story was good. Deadpool was great. But, you know, Deadpool has been, has reached the stratospheres of, like, superstardom in mediums outside of your comics, if we're being real. You know, like, that's when he became a, a household name. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like he's underestimating, you know, just how large Faye's job has become, especially name dropping him specifically. Well, I know we give him we give him a lot of credit, you know, for for a lot of things. But I mean, he's one guy and he's literally on top of literally in charge of and producing at least like 20 projects. Right. Right. As well as all the animated and all the comic stuff, animated, comic, everything. Probably 100 projects. I'm dropping Feige specifically as for why we're not getting Deadpool immediately within the next couple of years. Like, and like, Smart, like, like EJ said, does he know how this stuff works? Like, they're not making Deadpool like tomorrow. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's coming out three. It, if they started it today, it wouldn't come out for four years. And I'm now okay with that. And it's like, dude, you sound like a really spoiled family right now. Right. Like, that's that's the aura. Yeah. That's the scent, That's now, the vibe you're giving off is that you're just spoiled. You're just like, I want it now. It's like, no, and EJ makes that's not how it works. EJ raises a good point where he mentions, "All right, should it be like that?" You know, and it, some people had the question. I've always had the questions about the superhero monopoly, and if everything's under Marvel, do we get as much? Because like Marvel can't produce everything at once. Well, you know, when 20th Century Fox was doing their own thing, Deadpool was priority number one. So like, yeah, every two years they're pumping out a Deadpool movie. It probably felt like to him. Now that Marvel, now that it's in the Marvel shuffle, it's like, all right, it's maybe number eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve on the list. And that may not be okay to him, but look, as a as a as we're all fans of this, like I don't think any of us is like, you know, screw Eternals, get Deadpool <laughs> on top of the list, like exactly. And Deadpool, like, give me Fantastic Four, give uh, me the X Men. Honestly, Deadpool's, like they're not first on the list of Deadpool's, Fox acquired Deadpool's, things to me. De- honestly, Deadpool is maybe five, six, or maybe like seven on the list. If right. I'm being completely honest, personally. Like, just, we've seen two Deadpool movies that were great. I've already seen two great Deadpool movies. I don't, I like, I haven't seen you the know. Namor. 
I haven't seen a great Fantastic Four. I haven't Four. seen Fantastic Four, X Men, Black Panther. I haven't Pan- seen a I'm great X Men in a long looking time. Looking for Black Panther. Looking for another Spider Man. I'm looking for, uh, you know, and also also the Disney Plus stuff. I'm looking forward to more than the next. Personally, this is right. me. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know where these chorus of Deadpool people are that are shouting from the rooftops, upset Feige specifically, in regards to Deadpool not being released within the next couple of years. I think he's. I, mean, I don't think I don't think they they exist. Um, I, I am think- a, he, I am a Deadpool stand, and I can tell you, <laughs> I I have not been like that. You guys know how much I love Deadpool. Like I've I've not been, I've been cool. I, I again I'm just excited that Deadpool is gonna be in play and that again Bob Iger is doing press releases talking about this massive merger and Deadpool is the character that comes out of his mouth. Like, that's awesome to me. Um, I think here's the last thing I want to say on this. I do also feel like it's important for us to note that when you're the creator of a certain character and they use your character. There's going to be some kind of monetary gain that happens with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm going to also say that we need to take Liefeld's apparent displeasure with a lot of grain of salt when I think about that. Because this also could very well be a you're effing up my bag rant. <laughs> you know, like... As it was two, three years ago. What is that? The Deadpool character isn't as hot as it was... One or two well, years he, ago, he would argue maybe that it's you, Marvel's fault that it's not. Exactly, and, exactly. and that may be a fair argument. But my point though is, even if that's true, that I still am gonna ha- look at you sideways when I feel like, oh, but you'd be monetarily uh, taken care of if Deadpool was priority number one. You could make you could have good points, but but when I think about that case, and then I look at your anger, and it, when it feels unfair and lopsided and i go back to money it's like well money is the root of all evil so i can't help but think about that i'm almost positively certain that he got some kind of monetary gain from those first two Deadpool movies had to had to he's not getting that bag with disney right now because they ain't doing nothing so i'm sure having that every two years having that 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 cash flow come in was great um, right now that's not happening, so he's tight, and I would be mad too if my if I was the creator of a character that you know is coming out with you know hundred million dollar you know opening weekends in the, in, in the U S. and you know making billion dollar movies like yeah I would be upset too if if I knew my cut wasn't coming because of some you know some corporations coming up with some kind of deal that kind of puts ends up putting my bag kind of on the side I would be upset too. But that doesn't mean I gotta take what you're saying now at face value. I'm I'm not. I'm never going to. Whenever there's money involved, so I think that's something to think about as well when we talk about this. Um, but speaking of the future of Marvel, um, there's another rumor out about a another project that could be in the works, according to the Illuminati, which I, we've talked about a little bit, but we don't talk about them too much. So shout out to them. Um, a Nova project is apparently. Um, being worked on it's unclear whether it's a movie or a television show but uh they claim to have quote seen it in a a recent listing um so we've heard a lot about nova being part of the future i think we even mentioned nova a little bit last week it was unclear which nova are they doing you know is it going to be sam alexander uh but Nonetheless, I mean, we had no, uh, the Nova Core in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Uh, I go, I go to Sham first. 
do you think that it is now time for Marvel to 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 enact this uh this Nova plan that they may have? Um. Well, look. I mean, I'm down Not for for Deadpool. <laughs> Deadpool needs to be Feige's number one priority. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm down for seeing Nova. I'm, I mean, I like Nova in the um, the Ultimate Spider-Man uh, show. That's kind of my first major int- introduction to Nova on a regular basis in terms of um, the content. And um, I think Nova could be a very uh, an extremely popular character, almost like a a, I think they could be almost like a Green Lantern. <laughs> I was gonna say they're probably get, gonna give more uh, Captain Marvel vibes, um, like a Mar- yeah. just a Marvel version, you know, uh, or, or or a male Marvel version. Like Sam, oh, like what do you mean? Or, or just not Marvel, not version. Marvel version. Yeah, um, wait, wait, like I'm a male, confused. like a male version. I guess. Is it Captain Marvel in Marvel? <laughs> Where are you talking about? The female, <laughs> a male version of a male Marvel version yeah, of Captain all, Marvel. We're all scrambled wow, all over the place. Nova version of Nova. No, but um, but yeah, no. It, I mean, I, I'm excited for Nova. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Nova can kind of, um, Nova can can. And I don't know much about Nova's origin, to be right. fair. So I, I'm I mean, not I, sure I, exactly it's, it's how. Not, from, what, from what I know, it's just the Green Lantern story. Yeah, <laughs> like, from what I've heard. Marvel. Yeah, that's from, from what I've heard. But um, which they'll have they'll have to find a way to work around that. Yeah, you guys probably pissing off a bunch of Nova fans. <laughs> yeah, I know. Green Lantern. It, it is what, off this podcast. Captain <laughs> Marvel right now. Yeah, I mean, Ooh. leave all the nasty comments you want. I mean, by all means, educate me. <laughs> I'm welcome to. Um, oh, Shamari's ready for the smoke. Well, I'm, not, I'm not calling for smoke. Shamari's <laughs> not, not smoke dodging. <laughs> I don't want to get. I don't want to catch any kind of hands in the comments <laughs> or anything like that. Um, but no, nah, I mean, I'm excited for Nova. I, I think it's a. Re- I think it's about time. I think that. I think now is a good. T- now is a good time. They're adding a bunch of new characters, a lot of new characters. So I mean, why not add Nova to the bunch? We're not going to get him probably for another four or five, at least five years. Not until after Deadpool, you know. Black Phil says it's okay, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, we're not going to get Nova for a very long time, so I think he's still a ways away. I think, I think when they say, if they're saying it's it, it's a certainty, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a certainty. If this is this is a, a real like legit thing that Feige's working on now. I think it's I think it's in pre 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 production, where they're just we have we plan on doing it. I think they're in find a director stage. You know, I, I don't think they've made any concrete plans yet. I think that things are still very much in motion, very much willing to change, probably trying to see where he may fit in the story. Um, I don't think we're going to see him in this phase, but I think they're planning to see him to to find a place, a place to insert him in the next phase going forward. But I think it's still very exciting news. Man, if you listen to Liefeld, you think we're going to have a Squirrel Girl trilogy before we get Deadpool. Yeah, man. Oh, <laughs> but uh, were... on, yeah, oh. sorry, go ahead, go. No, like, yeah, can't wait for the Howard the Duck sequel. <laughs> oh man, no, nah, but uh, look, I mean, I'm I'm excited for Nova. You know, I think the whole question of whether or not it's Ryder or Alexander um, is a very important question. Um, I would also, I would argue, maybe there's a case for you to do a buddy cop kind of thing with both of them. I don't know. I think that there's a lot of um, there's a lot to explore because. Captain Marvel and Guardians of the Galaxy kind of opened up the cosmos in terms of Marvel, but 
there's still a lot they haven't touched yet. And I think that Nova is a perfect, could be one of the perfect avenues to kind of exploring the rest of the Marvel Cosmos, especially if at a certain point Captain Marvel, you know, kind of takes on the mantle of really trying to defend Earth a lot more. If she is going to truly be the, you know, the new Tony Stark, so to speak. I think that, you know, Nova, along with the Guardians, can kind of fill that void of protecting the rest of the galaxy. And I think that that character makes a, a, a makes a perfect, you know, a perfect, you know, person for the role. There's uh, there's plenty of backstory. I think there's an opportunity, opportunity to cast someone young, particularly if you're doing someone like Sam Alexander. So I'm, I'm for it. I don't know what whether it be a show or a movie. Honestly, I'm not sure. I think I, I feel like a movie probably would make a little more sense. But Kendall, do what do you think in terms of whether or not they, a show or a movie would work? Yeah, um, I am. First of all, I think this is a very good idea. I think uh, Nova is a character that they've definitely tried to get into the ethos of Marvel fans that maybe aren't the comic book readers. More recently, whether it be in Ultimate Spider-Man, we mentioned a lot of video games uh, that they've put out. So Nova is certainly becoming more and more of a household name uh, for a lot of, for a lot of uh, fans of the of the medium. But um, we mentioned the TV and movie thing. Obviously, it, just, it depends. Obviously, what the story is, what the who like who the characters are, but. I agree that I would think movie would make more sense. I think if you make it a TV series, obviously we're talking a lot about the the Disney Plus series kind of feeling like movies, but it would just make it bigger. I think if you make it a movie, uh, I know there's a character similar to Moon Knight where I think he could potentially get lost in the shuffle on Disney Plus. Um, and so I think unless you're casting an A-list actor, as Nova, like could get lost in the shuffle. So I would, I would, I would make it a movie. But uh, the question Shamari raises an interesting question that I think will be the thing with Marvel, which is why that will answer whether or not you should do Nova at all or anytime soon. Is how do you differentiate him from Captain Marvel? You know, there are some certainly some similarities between the origins. I mean, they're both very yeah. pretty similar to Green Lantern. Uh, even I mean, the color schemes are kind of similar. The, you know, the fact that like, you know, they're both human characters. Unless you make them not human, that's that's one possibility. If you don't do the Richard Rider or Sam Alexander, but uh, if you're assuming you're doing one of those two Novas, is a human that's in space eventually. That uh, you know. Is could either be protecting Earth or it could be in space, like Green Lantern. Really depends on how you want to tell the story. Uh, I do think, I think my guess, going over this now in my head, I think the motivation, in part, to do Nova ASAP is I think they want to beat Green Lantern to the punch. But I think they know if DC gets Green Lantern Corps right, right, they kind of can't do Nova because they would just look like they're biting them way too much because they did, you know, or whoever came first bit the other in the comments. I'd imagine the Lantern game, which happens pretty often, apparently. Right, it happens pretty often. So, like, it's the same thing in the movie industry. So if if Marvel wants to get ahead of the curve, they might as well because Green Lantern Gore is coming out eventually, they claim. Jeff John seems pretty uh, adamant about that. So getting out Nova is important. Um, me, personally, I would... I would do 
regardless of whether it's Richard Richard Ryder or uh, Sam Alexander, I would make them younger. You know, I guess it doesn't even matter which one. You know, but I wouldn't do the whole, you know, I'm a Captain America type or, you know, I'm like in my prime. I would do somebody that's like the older, like 22, 23, like another teenage superhero. It could be Ryder or it could be Sam Alexander, but um, I, I think, and I also, I would keep this movie more contained personally because it's a younger character for me. I wouldn't have them in space. I would have them mostly in Earth. I have space. Uh, they may just, they may just get the, they may just get the, you know, the powers and kind of like a Green Lantern thing, but they're protecting. They say, don't go to space. What do you mean? Like, I don't need him necessarily. I mean, I don't even know if the planet is still around. The conflict doesn't need to be in space. Is what you're saying? Like, like you're the saying. conflict needs to be in space. Like mm-hmm. Nova, like Green, like if we did a Green Lantern movie, Green Lantern doesn't necessarily have to be in space. You just get the ring and be a Earth. Yeah, like the last Green Lantern movie wasn't in space. Right, exactly. Yeah. The last Green Lantern movie wasn't in space. I guess he was in space for a little bit. But, um, like, this right, one, right. I think, doesn't have to... I mean, again, if you want to do the thing where he goes to Xandar and is, you know, learning the learning the moves and stuff, mm-hmm. you could do that, but I, I don't even know what happened to Xandar or in Nova Xandar, Prime. Xandar is... Uh, well, all of the Nova Corps are... Gone, right? Yeah, he Richard Ryder is the last. He's the last one. He's the last Nova. Like right. someone, someone, the last Nova Corps person dies and gives Richard Ryder, who's a high school senior in New York, gives him like the uniform. Says, "Here, you're you're now Nova." And he's right. I don't know how to do this. It's it's Green right. Lantern. Lantern. <laughs> you know? But yeah, it's the Green Lantern. Yeah, but basically. like, my question is like in the MCU, like where is like they're all gone, right? Didn't Thanos take them all out? Oh, oh, that's a good point. Well, didn't didn't he they did, didn't he? Didn't did, they? Did wasn't there a line in Infinity War about I don't, like they were gone, like like not like a snap, but like they were just like wiped out. Yeah, no, yeah, I know. I, I, I agree. I think that he did. Yeah, um, yeah I'm reading it on it, Wikipedia. Says the planet Xandar is said to have been quote decimated by Thanos prior to the events of Avengers: Infinity War. Right, so that With makes him me, having done so in order to attain the power stone and and uh, in the care of the Nova Corps. So, and when they put that in there, like that wasn't in an accident. I don't think. No, but, definitely not. So my guess is that my guess is whoever is the next Nova, whether it be Sam Alexander, Alexander or uh, Ryder, I mean they probably got the costume now, like in the MCU timeline. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing as well. And I, I I think at this point, like you wouldn't you, you there is no reason for him to go into space because at least not now maybe in a sequel but like why what's the point of him going into space at this point there is there's no Xandar you know and I think it would have been cool to maybe see him on Xandar but I mean and uh, maybe they could do something bring it back new Xandar see that a lot in stories yeah but um. Overall, though, I think this is a good idea. I think make him younger. Richard Ryder, if you want to, we haven't had a, a Hispanic superhero yet in the MCU. Uh, so if you want to do Sam Alexander, trying I think to, that, trying to beat out Blue Beetle. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the other one. People think about that as well. You know, you think about Sam Alexander and Jaime Reyes, Ted Cord, Richard Ryder. Like, you know, I don't think they're doing a Ted Cord movie anytime soon. Personally, <laughs> I, you know, I think Jaime Reyes is the one we see a lot. Man, I want to see Jaime, man. <laughs> if, I, if I see Ted Cord, no disrespect to the OG Blue Beetle. Yeah, hey, you know, again, we're gonna get a lot of hate. Well, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to invite any. Ted Cord is my favorite. <laughs> I'm not trying to invite the hate. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, man. I want to see Jaime. Man. 
I will not be happy. The see the the Arrowverse teased Ted Cord for like you've teased him since day one, basically. They've been teasing him forever. They still tease him. <laughs> He's like the ultimate red herring of the Arrowverse. But yeah. like it's it's to me it's just goofy. I'm like I don't get it. I mean, I, Berlanti, they were supposed to do the whole blue and gold movie that never came out, but that, I mean, Blue Beetle's not, like, he's not a big enough character to me where you're just, like, so scared to put him in the show. Like, you, you got, we got Superman. Like, you can't do Blue Beetle, but whatever. Um, staying on uh, future DC movies that may or may not be happening, according to Heroic Hollywood, uh, Warner Brothers is no longer moving forward with Supergirl. Um, as you guys know, obviously, there is a Supergirl television show that is currently still uh, alive and kicking, but the Supergirl movie was apparently being produced by Warner Brothers and it had uh, taken credence over Superman, which is why we had a lot of the Henry Cavill drama. Was he fired? Was he not fired? Did he quit? Whatever the situation was, Superman, the character, and any future project with him were put on the back burner in terms of movies. And uh, Supergirl was being produced um with, with urgency was what we heard, was that they were very excited about moving forward with something involving Supergirl on the big screen. That apparently now is not happening. It's not clear why that is no longer happening anymore. But um, And if it means that now maybe we will have Henry Cavill back or will we have some other Superman sooner if this now Supergirl is not in the works. But um, but that appears to be the end of the Supergirl movie as we as we know it. So Shamari, are you surprised to see this end like this? Um, yeah. I mean, I was I was looking forward to the Supergirl movie, especially after um, what I had seen uh, Warner Brothers doing with the Supergirl character recently. Like, like I liked her arc in the Injustice game, the latest Injustice game, uh, Injustice Two. I thought they handled the character really well, and I was never really previously a big fan of the supergirl character i was always kind of like all right supergirl you know cw supergirl I'm like, all right you know sure but that storyline i thought was really it was handled really well it was very mature and it was and it was touching you know it made you really go like oh wow this is she's in a really tough spot you know and i was like this in a movie i would be very engaged so i was looking forward to it but um but, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, you know, projects come, projects go. Uh, as for Cavill possibly coming back, I mean, you guys know me. I didn't dislike Cavill. I thought he was fine as Superman. So, I I mean, I'd be all for it. Um, uh, but, I mean, it would, it, it would just, they would have to fix the writing in terms of how they were writing Superman post Man of Steel. You know, all of that would would just have to be, just done better and if they bring if they do bring him back they'd have to bring back all this uh, supporting cast and and then so what so are we back in the snyder verse are they bringing that verse back or are they bringing so it would they'd have to write around that and figure out how exactly they're going to do that um but just cavill as a character superman i have no problem with it i wouldn't have any problem with them recasting superman either uh but uh either way i'm pretty sad to see supergirl go uh but it is what it is Vintage Warner Brothers. <laughs> I, I've made my uh, my gimmick on this show for a long time was the guy that whenever a Warner Brothers project was put into development, I would say it'll it'll never come out. I kind of stopped doing that because eventually they were coming out and they were good. Aquaman, Wonder Woman, you know, Birds of Prey eventually came out. I was shocked about that one, but 
Uh, of course, I mean, Nightwing, you know, Cyborg, you know. Batgirl. <laughs> Batgirl, like, there's plenty that will never come out or, or just completely frozen in time. But Supergirl was one when it was announced. I, I mean, I wasn't the most confident that it ever come out. Uh, I was never the most confident it would ever come out. But uh, I, 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 to be honest, I forgot this was a thing. So yeah, it's not... It's not shocking that apparently Hamada forgot too. He's like, "What is this?" Yeah, I know, right? They talked to him. He was like, "Hey, so what? Are, what are we doing with Supergirl?" Like, I don't know. It's Berlanti's thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, the movie's all <laughs> forgot that's still on the slate. Um, yeah, I mean, this isn't. Nobody was. I don't say nobody's looking forward to it, but nobody was. Uh, you know, nipping at the heels. All right, what are we getting the update on Supergirl? Like, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, look, he'll tell us when he tells us. So it being canceled, I don't think will change life. It will change life for anybody. But um, it, it's it, it was always a weird decision to put Supergirl at the forefront because they had a TV show. So it always felt like all right. I mean, when when it got when it got put into into production initially, I thought it meant all right. Well, I guess that means the Supergirl show is nearing its end, and then Superman and Lois will play Supergirl on CW and uh, this. Uh, will replace Superman in the movie universe, but now it makes you wonder if Supergirl may find may find a second life at, uh, with the CW, and it makes you call into question what's the long term future of Superman and Lois. You know, yeah. if they're doing Superman on, in the movies, I just find it hard to believe they'll also do him on television. Well, I, well, I won't I won't say speculate much on the future of Superman and Lois because it does feel like CW has been bullish on that project. We talked yeah. about it a couple of weeks ago, how, how they treat Superman and Lois and how they treat Green Arrow and the Canaries is night and day. Um, we will see Superman and Lois at least for one season. What happens after that, obviously, we don't know. But, um, but yeah, I think that uh, you said it best when you talked about how this kind of all seemed weird when they announced this movie was coming out considering the TV show. Now, I know we don't want to be hypocritical. All the time, we always say, hey, just because you're doing something on TV doesn't mean you can't do something on the big screen. That's 100% true, and I do feel that way. However, I think that sometimes when you have certain characters that aren't as big, and I know Supergirl fans will kill me for saying that, but when you have a character that's not as big, perhaps, in terms of crossover appeal, but has now become a rather consistent entity in some media form that's not movies, which in this case was television, you're going to tell me we're going to have those things on that television show that is long running, has a established fairly big fan base is going to be is going to co and coexist with then a movie that comes out. I don't think it works. I think with the Flash, I think it's different. And I know some people say, oh, you're maybe you're saying that because he's a male character and he's had more time, and maybe it's a blind spot for me. But I think it's different because the Flash. It's such a big crossover star that it doesn't matter that you're doing a TV show. Like, a Flash movie is still a big deal. You know, I think a Supergirl movie, I think, would have led to more confusion about, wait, so is this not the, the Supergirl character that we saw? Especially when you didn't, you know, introduce her in anything. Like, you didn't have her in Justice League or something like that. Like, you just bring, just starting out with Supergirl. I, I think that... It, I think this was not really a project anyone really was calling for or wanted. Um, again, Supergirl has a massive fan base. If you just go on social media, the night Supergirl is on. Um, for me, I guess, you know, obviously my timeline is cultivated towards 
superhero content, but superhero is trending every Sunday. And if you click on those, those, those hashtags, like there's a lot of people talking about it. So it has a fan base. I, I don't think that we ever really needed this. I think with all the characters that DC hasn't been able to give us on the big screen either at all or effectively, this was just not a project I think we needed. Uh, to me, like Batgirl should have taken more credence than Super Supergirl. You know, um, Nightwing should have taken more credence than Super. There's a lot of other projects that should have taken more credence, and I would say that I think that getting Superman right should have been way more important. So uh, I don't know what motivated this other than perhaps a beef with um, with Cavill and feeling like, well, we need to capitalize off of this Superman franchise in some degree. So let's just do this. But it just it it, always, it seemed like a like a foolhardy um, process to My- begin with. So I'm not surprised that it fell apart because it didn't seem like a smart decision, to be honest. Do we think? That this was a coincidence that now J.J. Abrams is now kind of getting his feet wet in D.C. with some of the ideas of what he wants to do. That this now comes out. That Supergirl's been asked. I mean, we... You think J.J. asked it? I think so, man. I think J.J. has a plan for, for doing the Superman. Or... And that had been talked about, but I just don't think the timing is a coincidence. Because you can't do Superman and Supergirl. So... Uh, and J.J. Abrams is the highest paid man at Warner Brothers right now. So... Uh, to me, I think it would make sense if that's the next move coming up after this. Yeah. I think yeah. it's very possible. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think it's very possible. I mean, I have no idea. We don't know what JJ is doing. I feel like if we if we had had an announcement, or maybe an announcement is coming. I don't know. I mean, Comic Con apparently is still happening, which we'll get to. But I mean, if we had had, had an official announcement of JJ Abrams Superman. 2023 or something like that i'd be like yeah i mean this is definitely all connected but i mean if he's still kind of spitballing ideas then i mean i don't know maybe not necessarily um so yeah that's how i feel about that <laughs> I'll, I'll let you check yeah i mean it's possible but i don't know i just feel like i think i think we would have heard more about there being smoke with abram and superman by now if this was completely linked i think we would have known that there was more linking abrams to superman before we learned that supergirl was cut that's that's how i feel about it um and i don't think that one world would be you know uh you know cutting supergirl before really getting all the ducks in a row and getting you know abrams signed and delivered to get to do superman and i also don't know like in my in my opinion i don't think that you just because you don't do... I, I think you can have a universe where you do Superman and Supergirl movies. That's my opinion. I know there are people who will disagree with that. But I think they're, they're Superman and Supergirl are different enough characters to me. I know in some ways Supergirl, the TV show, really does lean on Supergirl being very similar to Clark. But there are a lot of other iterations where she's not as similar at all. So... I think that they could have coexisted, so I don't want to say for sure that means that this is the reason. If it was, it wouldn't shock me though, because we know for a long time that Warner Brothers has, I don't... has definitely wanted Abrams to do Superman. It's just the 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 stars haven't aligned for that yet. But now that he's in he's in he's in house, I think that there's no reason why he can't. Last thing on the Kindle. Yeah, I don't think that 
this means that we're gonna get Henry Cavill back personally. Um, I don't think we it should. is funny. I think that they gotta cut bait with that. I know I've been the biggest guy that said, <laughs> look, if in order for DC to start heading in the right direction, they have to fire Henry Cavill. I said that on our first YouTube video, and I'd argue I was right because look at what's happened since he's been gone. Um, yeah, they they've been doing bangers ever since. When like just everything attached to like anything Zack Snyder was doing, they just had to cut bait with. And to me. You could make the case that hey, like how many of these you know movie franchises you know reinvent themselves and come back with the same actor and it works? Why can't Superman do it? It's a compelling argument. I could see you saying, hey, why not do something ten years from now? Uh, well, ten years from the last time we saw Superman in a Superman movie, and you know just don't have it really reference much of what happened before, but maybe have the same actors. Like why can't it be better? Maybe it can, but. I just, to me, I, I maybe unless you, you had a director tell Cavill to play a totally different guy, he's just not going to do it for me for Superman. And I don't think he's going to do it for a lot of people. And it sucks because Henry Cavill can act. He can act his behind off. He's compel- He's uh, engaging. He's charismatic. And it's a shame that he was directed to be a stoic statue. Like, I don't know what... Zack Snyder was thinking and thinking that that's Superman. So it's pissing a lot of people off, man. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this right now being like, this guy is not I a... I don't not, care, man. Not show, a me, show me the scenes where Superman <laughs> was shown. Like I said, Superman is... Yes, he's a Boy Scout, but he also has... He has a confidence about him that makes you inspired. Nothing about Cavill and his performance was inspiring. Nothing about that character was inspiring at all. And it stemmed from him not being allowed to talk. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But that's how, they, that's how he wanted to portray him. And it, it was a mistake. And again, these, these you know Snyderites can cry and complain all they want. But at the end of the day, they're not making any more Snyder movies. And they haven't yeah. made a Cavill movie in a minute. So I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know... Wow. Yeah, and, you know, it, I know I started the show saying I don't like to bang on certain people that like things, but I'm calling like I'm seeing, I'm, I'm telling you like it is. And a steal. No, <laughs> um, I, I do think it's funny that uh, I don't say it's funny, but it's interesting that Avery Duvernay is she's still coming out talking about how New Gods is happening and you know making updates for that, and I'm like, New Gods, <laughs> I forgot that was a thing, but look, good for her, man. I'm rooting for Avery Duvernay on this one because it just seems like again. You know, similar to the Eternals, kind of always seemed like a long shot, but you always believe Marvel way more than you believe DC. So I, I never really bought that this was certainly going to happen, especially since I feel like it's going to be connected to Justice League. So that's already kind of a, a red flag, but she's still talking about it. So, uh, I mean, more power to her. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Ava DuVernay. Hopefully she does get that, uh, that project off, off the ground. Um, Staying with DC real quick, uh, there's a lot of doubts about the future of, of the DC Universe app. Um, Business Insider did a report, and they spoke to some insiders, people who worked used to work for Warner Brothers, people who worked for you know, other digital companies, and um, they don't really see a path forward for a Disney Universe now that HBO Max is set to debut soon. Um, one former Warner Brothers Digital Labs employee said, quote, everything is about... HBO Max right now, and um, and it, so it, it kind of raises questions about you know why would you want to have two competing um, 
streaming services that we've argued on the show a million times about are they actually competing. Uh, but you know, another person ended up saying most of the people I, who I'd worked with were confused about what HBO Max means for DC Universe. It seems like DC Universe is emphasizing its comic books, and nobody really seems to know where video falls into that. Um, another insider apparently tells a Business Insider uh, that DC, a large number of DC Comics isn't a, quote, compelling enough reason to pay for DC Universe. And I argue that's true. Um, and uh, Richard Cooper, the research director at Ampere Analysis, explains, quote, a lot of uh, a lot of its content doesn't have an exclusive feel, which niche services need to secure long-term subscribers. Lots of services have superhero content. We're not going to run out anytime soon, and it will be bigger budgets and more exclusivity compared to what DC Universe will be able to provide. The feeling in the office is that DC Universe is going to be around for at least another year or two. They want to keep it around, but they want to keep it small, was what another Digital Labs employee said. So a lot of people are chattering. Um, I don't know. This 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 still frustrates me um, because I totally totally think that DC Universe could have worked. I think we're at the point now where we can say that this didn't work. And that's my that's my opinion. I don't want to. You know, there wow. are some DC Universe fans who may say, "Oh, don't, I don't think that this project has worked." You don't that's- watch the Whitford RPG game, the the Dungeons and Dragons the DC. Sure. You know, Kendall slams that show I, every I time he sees it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just seems know. like I don't know why I'm watching two people, three, four people, Xavier Woods out there playing Dungeons and Dragons with a bunch of DC players. Yeah, you see that now, man. Dungeons and Dragons is huge. Always popular, it's man. Awesome. Griffin's and Gargoyle. If you're, <laughs> or, or you know, Riverdale fan. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, just, I don't know. I, I think that this, 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 this is not, this is not worked. I think that was fair to say that. Um, I think pretty much whatever happened with Swan Thing should have really been pretty much our like sign of yep this is this is not it, and I think DC Universe in some ways was kind of ahead of its time because well I don't want to say it was ahead of its time and in some ways it was kind of behind I think they that it was a it was an interesting idea of saying look at what Netflix has done with their Marvel shows and how excited people are about it what if we did had a platform for shows like that that were only just shows but they were you know dc it was dc content and we you know people love our library which is true they love the dc older dc movies the animated movies the cartoons there's a lot of content that dc has produced over the decades and decades that people have been clamoring for people saying i wish i could see this on netflix or see this on amazon a lot of the stuff had been taking off certain streaming platforms over several years so I think it, it, it was a plan that made sense in some aspect, but I think the issue, what happened was these TV shows and particularly the streaming services, in some ways, even their own company, Warner Brothers, and what they were doing with Game of Thrones, television content is just so much better now in terms of like what people will invest in it. That, And when you have Marvel producing the kind of movies that you're they're producing and dc not really keeping up in terms of putting out as many movies as marvel's been putting out recently i don't know if people had the patience to like sit around and 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 let dc work with some of its smaller budget shows it's really unfortunate because doom patrol is outstanding um 
I thought Doom, I thought uh, uh, what's the name Swamp Thing was really good. You know, Titans, you know, is kind of a mixed bag in some degree, uh, and I think that that was also part of the issue that some of the stuff that they did produce, I think that they probably got a little too off the wagon, so to speak, in giving the fans just what they want. So it sucks. I'll be honest. I, when I saw this story, it didn't excite me. It saddened me. I do. It does feel like the writing's on the wall. You don't see any promotion for DC Universe anymore. It don't feel like they're trying. They don't feel like they're trying. So I, I have to say this is a failed experiment. And that sucks. I don't know if we're ever going to see anything like this again. Um, I don't know. I mean, as you guys know, I'm, I'm a fan of DC Universe. I very much, I use the DC Universe app. Fairly, every day. Every hour. All right. I use it fairly regularly. You know, I was catching up a lot in the Injustice comics. Um, you know, just I, I use the app pretty frequently. And, you know, I participate in their sweepstakes and various other things, they did, other community events they have and whatnot. I think it's fun. I think it's a fun app. And I have a lot of content on it, a lot of TV shows, a lot of movies. Um, I think it would be... I think it would be better if they put everything on it. You could, t- you could kind of see, I kind of agree in that the writing was kind of on the wall in that. Like the other day I was looking for, I was like, oh, I want to watch Man of Steel. Is that on DC Universe? No. Why is that not on DC Universe? You know, stuff like that. They just can, it kind of makes you go, why? Right. Why is Man of Steel, you know, not on DC Universe? One of like, the three most high-profile like, DC movies of the last 15 years. Like, this is a Warner Brothers property. This is Warner Brothers. This is DC. Why is this not on DC Universe? It doesn't make any sense. So stuff like that kind of is a red flag. Yeah. You know, it's like, what's going on here? What's the holdup? You know, so it makes yeah. you wonder what's going on. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's sad to hear. It's sad to see. I um, I would say it is. I mean, if it, if it flops, it's it's definitely a failure. I mean, it, you, it, you can't really argue that. If the if the app itself just flops completely, if the, if these reports are to be believed, you know, if, if what they're saying is to be is true, um, but I mean, it's just I don't know. I think it's sad to see. I think the app worked overall. I thought I think it was I think it was a good app. I think they missed a lot of they didn't have recent content on there to the point where like I remember when the the DC animated movies were coming out, they decided in a few times I believe they were, they came out within weeks yeah. of their release. On DC Universe, that kind of made me feel that sense of exclusivity, like the like the gentleman that the, the person that commented was saying in the uh, in the article about it. So, I mean, stuff like that kind of makes you feel like, okay, I'm getting my money's worth for this because I didn't have to go out and buy a DVD. It's just here, yeah. <laughs> you know, a week. I just had to wait a week, and then it's here. So, stuff like that that they were doing at one point in time, they had stopped doing that. It seems. Um, so yeah, I don't know what happened at some point. I'm thinking, you know, the obvious thing to point to is HBO Max. You know, you look at HBO Max where they're just kind of trying to have put everything on there. It just makes more sense. You know, it just was <laughs> they announced HBO Max. The writing was on the wall right there for yeah. DC University. So they're just waiting to see how long it's going to last before they just can it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's sad, sad to see it go. Um, there's a lot of downer stories today. It's sad to see it go. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully HBO Max delivers in the same way that DC Universe did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do I think it's on its last leg? Probably. Um, I agree with you guys. I think there could be an avenue for it to stay and that where, like, we'd be fine with it and we'd still, you know, use it. Um, I, you know, I definitely feel like 
you know, like you guys mentioned with the, the implementation of HBO Max, it kind of makes no sense to really, from their perspective, to have it. Uh, but I, honestly, like when it comes to the, whether or not it's a failure, I I'll give it a, I'll give it more of a pass because HBO Max is coming along and it's like, well, I mean Warner, it, it's a Warner Brothers property, so you know it it's one of those things where I mean. All ninety percent of the people I would imagine that had DC Universe are going to get HBO Max anyway. So, mm-hmm. uh, especially if they just move all the content that's on there into HBO Max. I mean, they have the most recent. I mean, any DC fan, they have Bat, they have BVS, Justice yeah. League, Man of Steel. They're all going to be on that app. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, why would you make them pick one? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, and I mean, I I would hope they're not taking stuff off of DC Universe because that would be like, like, why? You know, like that yeah. just seems unnecessary. But that may be <laughs> where we're at. You know, I, I mean, there have been rumors that there may be some Titan spinoffs coming out, coming out soon. So that would suggest that there may be another year or two left of DC Universe. But I don't know. I, I, I again, I withhold the whole uh, judgment on the whole failure thing, depending on what HBO Max becomes. Because HBO Max is like becomes a major hit a smash hit because one of their shows just blows up like game of thrones then it's hard for me to say that dc universe was a failure you know if if because warner brother the they're, they're the ones making the money but this hbo max thing better work because if that's a failure then the whole thing is a failure the dc universe is a failure hbo max is a failure and disney's the winner so that's why i'll withhold judgment for now i see you guys i just think and you know, to be fair, you know, the article also said that um, there also is word that you know it does really Titans really. Excuse me, DC Universe really looks at Titans as kind of its center, and that they are apparently uh, looking into doing spinoffs. I'm like, how can you try to do spinoffs if you only think you got a year or two left? But um, nonetheless, that apparently still seems to be the the plan for now. So who knows? We'll see what happens. I just. And I, I just lets me down. I think this should have been a, a this should have been a slam dunk. We're in the the height of the superhero era that we're in. Superhero, you know, live action content and people dying for more superhero content. I just don't know why they couldn't promote this correctly. And I think it started with, um, you know, that first Titans trailer. I think just you can't bad publicity like that, like. Sometimes you just can't get over it, man. And fair or unfair, I think that was just like, I think, you know, that was like a Mike, Mike Tyson, you know, knockout in the first round. Like, I don't know if they ever really got out the gates. or You know, that was open the first quarter down 18-0. Like, like it, they, they just, it, it just, and it was at a time where DC was just reeling with, like, their movies and nobody thinking that they could compete with Marvel. And they put that trail out and it was terrible. And it didn't seem like they had a chance out of that, which is, again, really unfortunate. Because it, it won. The trailer wasn't really a great representation of Titan. Titan was much better than that trailer. And um, and this should have worked. This should have worked way better. We shouldn't be, you know, two, three years into this saying, you know, well, we're nearing the end of, of DC Universe. To me, that's absurd. And that's unfortunate. Uh, last thing on this show, real quickly, I want to get to this uh, so we can get to uh, the Batwoman recap. Um a virtual Comic-Con, guys. Apparently, obviously, uh, we know San Diego Comic-Con is not going to happen 
no Hall H celebration, none of that stuff's happened with the situation we have with the coronavirus. But uh, San Diego Comic Con recently put out a teaser for Comic Con at home. So we don't know what this exactly means, but they're telling you, hey, get your snacks, get a comfy couch, a comfy chair, you know, you know, sit with your pets, and and get a front row seat to to Comic Con at home. Um, we don't know what that means beyond that. I don't really know what to make of this. I think that this is cool that they're doing this. Um, these are tough times. And I think that, you know, Comic-Con not happening is a massive bummer. But obviously we need it not to happen, just to stay safe. So that's understandable. I think this could be cool. I think a lot, in a lot of time, in a lot of ways... A lot of us have, who don't go to San Diego Comic Con, we've never gone yet. You know, we kind of feel like, man, when it kind of sucks that they don't like show some of the presentations at you know these you know, Hall H events, you know. And we we know why they want you to pay that ticket to get in to see this stuff exclusively. But you know, I I'm sure some people would pay to you know watch it from their computer. So if there is enough cool stuff for Marvel for Warner Brothers for any of these movie companies and television companies to put, do some kind of panel, you know, whether it be, you know, empty arena, not empty arena, but, you know, you know, them at their home or maybe, you know, just, you know, individual presentations that are maybe videotaped by these companies. I'd say go for it. I think that is a cool idea. So I'm, I'm, I'm down with it. I don't know. I don't think it should cost anything, though. I don't know if it will, but. Uh, I don't. This should, I, I really hope you don't have to pay for it because that'd be ridiculous in this pandemic. But um, this this seems like like you know the best consolation we could ask for. Get your get your wallet out. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> like go take it for my wallet. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I, look, I mean the whole virtual kind of presentation thing. I mean, film festivals. I've talked about there. A lot of film festivals are going virtual this year. Uh, you know, Turner Classic Movies uh, had their annual film festival. Uh, they aired it on their channel. Um, and, you know, E3 uh, is kind of the video game version of Comic-Con. I mean, obviously Comic-Con does do deal with games sometimes, but uh, kind of the video game version of Comic-Con. And they are having, you know, kind of, you know, maybe not an official E3 thing, but a lot of video game companies are having presentations around the same time E3 would have come out. So, uh, there, there, we will see those types of deals happening. Uh, and the question would be, will we get the same experience as in the same type of content that you normally would get at, uh, Comic-Con that will you get it virtually? Will these companies feel more obliged to say, you know what, Marvel, if I'm Marvel, like I'll show you everything because I, I know it's not exclusive to anybody, but that's for obvious reasons. But um, we got to show it to somebody. So, you know, there's not going to be any private showings or anything for the most part at this point. So you kind of have to show these people uh, online. So I, I think this could be, this could be more massive than I think we think. Um, yes, there is a possibility this is just going to be a whole bunch of kind of, you know, kind of just interviews, puff, pe- puff pieces about, you know, what people are working on. But, um, it could end up, you know, a lot of celebrity guest appearances, like, you know, the Kids' Choice Awards type thing, you know. But my guess is my guess is that there could be more footage, actual footage of stuff that maybe we normally wouldn't get 
released to the masses that we'll get at Comic-Con. Now, of course, obviously, the, there's a lot of stuff filming, so it makes sense why like, you're not going to get any trailers to Eternals, or maybe maybe Eternals, but you're not going to get any trailers to Shang-Chi because there is no filming right now. And, you know, depending on how, by the time we get to July, maybe there will be, maybe they've found ways to, you know, kind of skirt the system a little bit, but it's going to be certainly slowed down. But, um, I don't know. I think this could be, I think this could be interesting. I agree with the whole thing. I would, you don't have to be free because anything that you show is going to be on YouTube probably 10 minutes later. So it really makes no sense to, to pay, you know, um, so I, I mean I I'm guessing this will be a cool experience, but I'm uh I'm excited. Glad we're getting something. Yeah, yeah, we need it. And um I, I, I think it, I I agree, Kim. I think this could end up being uh pretty big. Especially, you know, when I think about like how big the NFL draft was. Right. And like even though that's an event that it's it's you know, it's it's not, you know, apples to apples because you know, you know, we get all the same information people at the at the draft get at the same time, pretty much. But you know, they the NFL really did show a blueprint for how to do really great presentations remotely, and I don't see why Comic Con. I know they don't have the money the NFL does, but they have a lot of money, and these production companies have just as much money as the NFL. So I don't see why they can't do really, really great similar presentations. Like the NFL did for Comic Con for a much shorter time. I mean, remember the NFL draft is like twelve hours, <laughs> something crazy, maybe more than that. So you're talking about maybe you know each each uh, you know maybe three hours a night you do something, and you have all these certain panels throughout the evening that you can log into and watch. I I think that it's a it's a decent idea. I, I know it's it's going to be a lot to throw together. I mean, it is time. Time that is like nothing now because we're all kind of at home and you know no one's out doing anything, but nothing to look forward to. Not looking for holiday, look forward to holidays or anything. So it's a very weird time. But um, but I mean July is not that far from now. So to put it together is gonna take you know it's gonna take a lot. But if they get the ground running early enough, I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up being really solid. Let's uh, do our episode recap of the week, guys. So. You got to get Shamaria, EJ. You got to get Shamaria. Oh, you didn't get cracking this yet? Oh, my bad. Shamaria, my bad. What, 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 what <laughs> do you guys think this? Ah, okay. <laughs> no, um, I mean, I mean, when it comes to this uh, Comic-Con being virtual, I think it could be fun uh, for some people. I mean, obviously, you're missing out on the whole Hall H madness, um, you know, being being there, experiencing it. Uh, we personally still haven't experienced it, not in San Diego at least, but I know it's a big event for a lot of people and it's disappointing a lot of people, but the situation globally right now is what it is and, you know, they had to do what they had to do to make sure people are, are safe and healthy and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it should be, it, it could be a, still a fun experience. I don't think it'll be probably be to the level of the draft because Goodell is such a character and these yeah. people's houses and all that kind of all that stuff kind of just being a whole Production. a whole situation yeah. in itself yeah um just something to talk about for a while but uh but it could still it could still be big especially with all the content that is released at comic-con all the mer- all the all the different you know well of course the merchandising um well I, I they'll probably find a way to, to squeeze that in there as well 
but I mean, all the uh, you know all the different things are announced, different yeah shows, different projects announced, all the different. Uh, it's a whole media event. It's yeah, almost it's, like it's almost like E three now, right? Exactly. Um, where it's like a media event now. So, so yeah, they'll find ways to 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 get all those crazy announcements in there, and uh, I mean, hopefully, it's not paid, but. You know, if they do make it paid, I'm sure some people out there will pay. I, I would, I would argue, it's probably the biggest entertainment kind of festival of the year at this point. Like, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's possible. I mean, there's so many other. I know there's I a mean, lot of music festivals. And, yeah, uh, I don't know where you count music. I say Coachella. Now, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I'm not talking like music festivals, like concerts and things of that nature. But just like in terms of like entertainment, kind of, you know, just. Like E three, for example, is on that is on that is in that discussion as well. But I, I don't know. You mean like a convention? Yeah, conventions and uh, different types of panels and you know mm-hmm. film festivals. I mean, I guess you, if you want to count music festivals, you can. But I mean, it's up there, man. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely up there. Um, let's talk about Batwoman. So. These episodes, you know, we're only one episode away from the season finale, which I'll be honest, guys, I didn't re- I didn't have a good, I guess, sense of how many episodes was this season or how far along we were. But this is ending at episode 20, um, Old Mouse, which is happening next week. We haven't watched, we, we, we've missed several episodes, but I'm not going to really dwell on a bunch of these episodes. I want to focus more towards stuff we've seen recently. And, um... We have Hush, guys, in, in the Arrowverse. No, we don't. <laughs> oh, okay. We're starting right off the gate, Sham. Go off. What do you? What you don't like this Hush? All right. Well, no, not at all. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I think part I'm of shocked. I, I mean, Mark's gonna love it. Oh no. no <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what gave you that impression, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, especially since I I very recently read the Hush comic, mm. you know, in, great movie. in in preparation yeah. for the movie, yeah, it's the classic movie. <laughs> yeah, okay. But in prepar- in preparation for the movie, I had recently read the comic. I'm like, this is a really good comic, and and seeing this, I was like, no, this is not the comic at all, really. Um, in terms of what. You know, and y'all know how I feel about Alice and Mouse and their insertion into this story is just I mean, Hush is just he's just some he's just some gunman. <laughs> now he's just some he's just some some some, you know, uh, some uh, he's just some uh, kind of food stamp two face. Yeah, honestly, like it's like, nah, man, this is this is not the Hush storyline. I mean, there's no there's no other villains. There's no. There's no conspiracy. There's no. There's no. I mean, there's barely any mystery. There's no mystery. Bruce Wayne has nothing to do with this, which I immediately took issue with. Um, you know, I the, the fact they were even doing hushing this show, I was like, I don't like this. Why? <laughs> Bruce has nothing to do with this story, so I don't like it. So it's just none of it works from top to bottom. Yeah. The character himself is a caricature worse than some of the worst Gotham caricatures. <laughs> I mean, he look at it. I mean, his, the mask that he has on—it looks like he can just take it off. Yeah, it's really yeah. Fake. Yeah, yeah. That, that 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 costume is garbage. <laughs> it's not good, man. It's, it's, it's something you see at Comic Con, man. It's so I don't know. I was not feeling Hush at all 
So I'm no, man, I give this, I give this. Are you really shocked? No, I'm not shocked. Okay. But like, I give this, I give this, <laughs> I give this a zero. I was like, Kevin, are you really shocked? I'm so surprised. It was great. I was like, wow. But I give this a zero out of um, out of whatever. It's ten hundred. Name it, man. I this yeah. is really, really not. I mean, just in terms of hush content, this is like, this is very, this is like not what any hush fan would want. I would imagine. Um. So yeah, I'm not feeling it at all. And just in terms of the general storyline, I mean, some things are doing. I like Luke. I like Mary. In terms of just characters in the show that I enjoy seeing, Kate has been uh, better, I think, lately. But uh, there have been less so less Sophie drama, which I've enjoyed. Um, I mean, y'all know how I feel about Alice and Mouse. So really, I was hoping they would have let have have less significant roles, but that hasn't been the case. And then what they have them infusing Hush, and how they've infused him in, I have not liked. So I mean, it is what it is. Batman, Batwoman is what it is at this point. Uh, season finale. I, I did. This didn't feel like a last episode. Didn't feel like a penultimate episode. So I don't know. I feel like they're kind of floundering, but um, but hopefully it ends on a somewhat positive note. Yeah. Um... I would I like I think we all I would imagine we all kind of have similar thoughts, but I was worried when I saw Tommy Elliott in those episodes, man. Like before, it, was, it was all like it was an Arkham and stuff. It was an Arkham. He was, was like he was like, like he was sounding like um like uh the homie from uh from Gotham, the what, Mad Tetch? Hatter. Yeah, yeah, he sounded like Tetch. Yeah, he sounded like Tetch. <laughs> was I'm like, calm down. He was at a ten in every scene. I'm like, I'm like, gosh, this guy can be Hutch. Yeah, I was from yeah from the from the jump. From I was the like, jump, when they I, was like was nah. I was like, no, I was like, oh no, I was like, this is a nightmare. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a red flag, and he becomes t- he becomes we're going touch becomes hush, and he's like, it's just I mean the costume was goofy. I saw some guy tweet, he looks like a Power Ranger extra. Like it's just <laughs> it's not look good, and I mean, but if we're being honest, like if I would have told you. Like t- three weeks ago, a month ago, we could get Hush in Gotham. We can get Hush in Batwoman. I would trust Gotham more than I would trust Batwoman to yeah. do Hush right. And I think at least at least Bruce is in Gotham. Yeah, I mean he's so central yeah. to the storyline. I think they I think they could have done it. I think though it it was it was so stupid the way the guy only talks about Bruce Wayne. Like, I get it, it's no, hush, so but like it was just so weird. It's like he's weird. not even in the show. Like, can we I stop talking about Bruce to... Wayne? <laughs> it's so annoying. Yeah, yeah but it, but I'm Bruce's best friend. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> it's so stupid. But like, I think there was a way you could have done it where you could have had the Bruce Wayne thing be a factor, but not you know smack me in the face with it and hush work. But they just like right. you said, it just. You put it perfectly. You say it's a complete caricature beyond Gotham levels. I mean, Gotham loves doing the caricature of the Batman villain. This is like to the tenth degree of like this is like the cartooniest version of Hush that you can possibly make. Like as if this was something that's supposed to come on like, like, like you know, Batman the Brave and the Bold. Like, it didn't seem like real. Like, yeah. So I, I mean. And, you know, if, I, if I saw this costume at Comic Con, I wouldn't think twice about interviewing this person to come on my YouTube channel. Yeah, That's yeah. How I felt about this costume. It was, um, and it's such a simple costume. Some people are saying, "Look, it's comic book accurate," which it is. I mean, but like that's like 
that's like the bare minimum. Like I'm not yeah, like I'm not gonna give you yeah, like I'm not gonna give you a cookie just because you make a guy have the same stuff that he has in the comics. It's gotta still work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the way he was bandaged, the jacket, the oversized jacket, the the way he kept wielding those two pistols, which I, to me it almost came a little characterist. Like I get like oh that infamous shot of Hush with the two pistols. But like he was wielding those pistols like every like two seconds. They wanted to do that no, same shot. It's like fam, I get it. They're trying to show me the shot from the comic, but you can't keep showing it to me every it's five minutes. It's like those two pistols were glued to his hands. He couldn't work. He couldn't function throughout the whole episode unless he had two pistols in his hand. Like, I get being character comic book inspired and being comic book oh. accurate, but that was just it was it was comical what they were doing to this character. I like, yo, I've never seen a character maybe maybe I guess maybe the League of Shadows as a group or League of Assassins as a group. But man, like, I've never seen a character that people clamor for so much that we never thought we'd really see just be ruined so badly within like a year. <laughs> by like all parties. We cry for a year, man. We need to get hush. We need to get hush. We need to get hush. Gotham, freaking the DC animated movie universe. And now we get him. We get him for like this, two seconds. Arkham <laughs> in Arkham Knight. Yeah, Arkham Knight. They 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 gave him for one second. Uh, uh, no, he wasn't even a playable level. Like, <laughs> come on, guys. It's like it's almost like they're trolling us. It's like, yo, all right, y'all want hush? All right, watch this. Y'all keep complaining. Maybe y'all won't complain about hush after we do this to him. Like, and to me, also, again, similar to what we saw with that movie, like. I don't know. Hush is a is a really strong villain, and to see him kind of working as a lackey for Alice that looks so without, without any break. Like, Hush is like a mastermind, and this guy is just following orders. He doesn't have any rhyme or reason to anything he's doing. Like just awful. That was like Bane level Dark Knight Rises. Like why is Bane taking orders? <laughs> but at least that was after Bane was established as like a great villain. And then they kind of ruined him. Like, this guy from the jump was From just the jump, he was all wacky and goofy. Yeah. <laughs> the origin beforehand was terrible. They made him hush, and he was just he was just bad. It's like, how do you do that, man? Like, again, we talked about at the beginning of the show, like, the whole Doctor Doom, like, you know, kind of not giving him an origin initially and stuff. Like, you could have done that with Hush. He could have been Hush in the beginning. At least I would have been interested, like, oh, snap, they're doing Hush. Like, I don't want to see you. I don't want to see the guy turn into Hush. I think that, that already kind of hurts it. So, I don't know. It was just it it's, was a, just, it's a bizarre costume. In some ways I wonder if they should they would be better off not trying trying so hard, honestly, to 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 get that harsh. But again, I don't know. I don't I'm not I don't want to get into body shaming, but I, I also think again, he, he kinda doesn't look all that physically imposing, so he's wearing that jacket. I think he missed I'll be honest, I think he missed that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a bad miscasting. But I I say that but at the same time, like the That's character that, that they're asking him to play, like he, I think he's actually done a decent job, um, Better. the actor. But like, this is not Hush. So this is not the guy. This shouldn't be this character. Like, I don't, <laughs> you should just make him someone else. Like, yeah, it's it's depressing. You know, I gotta be honest. It's it's, the, it's depressing that this is how this turned out. And when when the episode before, I saw he got the bandages. I was kind of like, okay, let's see where this goes. And then when you finally see him in the full costume, the next episode, you're like, oh man. I didn't think it'd be this bad. I didn't. I really didn't. I thought they'd be. A lot, I thought it would be a lot better than this. That that was that was rough in terms of the story. 
Um, I kind of, and maybe there's a, an extra twist involved, but I kind of wish the the twist with Alfred's niece, I wish would have been a little more diabolical than it turned out to be. I was expecting it to get really dark. I was I was kind of worried it was going to get too dark. I was like, oh my. Yeah, that, yeah, that kind of would have thrown me off. I, I, no, you're right about that too. I did worry. It's like, oh man, is she going to be like a full-on villain? Like, yeah, like, I wasn't sure how I liked about that, but this team way too... She's out there. She's out there. Didn't, she, didn't she twist the guy's neck? Yeah. Like, she like snapped the dude's neck. Like, she's out here killing people. When did she do that? Dude, wasn't didn't she kill a dude when she was fighting in the kind of you know what I'm talking about? Oh right? yeah, when they had her uh, when they had her chained up. Yeah, they had her chained right, up. The gang, right, the right, the yeah, the yeah. thug guys, right, right? The mafia guys. Yeah, but those yeah, but that I, I didn't mind that as much because you know they were mafia guys. I, I mean maybe that's not crazy, but they were mafia guys and they were like trying to <laughs> torture her and. You know, I mean, I think I mean, of her as like Black Widow, like she kills people. So right. I, I wasn't, it was brutal, but I wasn't, it didn't alarm me as much, I guess. I, I hear, I hear. But it just seemed then, like, it seemed like they were they were revving up for a really diabolical conclusion to whatever she was after. And it doesn't seem like that's where we're going. It's like, oh, I thought I was doing something good. And now I'm doing, I realized I wasn't. So now I'm on your team. And it's like, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there is going to be another twist but i almost think at this point when you try to when you when you explain it away so easily i almost feel like now another twist just seems a little too mustache too early uh, then they threw in the whole thing at the end with the kryptonite i'm just like yawn all right fine i roll not like oh bvs or you know dark knight returns yeah i mean i i hope i, I mean i look i think some world's finest like crossover could actually help the show. Uh, but they need to get rid of the whole Alice thing. Like they so... need to dump it, man. It's not. It's when not I saw good. the title of the finale, it's Old Mouse. I'm like, no, I don't care about Mouse. It's not. It's it, yeah. I don't care about <laughs> like, Alice. Honestly, when I saw Hush, I was like, I was like yo, excited, I only... I'm like, maybe we're getting out of this whole thing, and he's just a lackey for them. I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm, just I... bad. I'm like, yo, am I the only one that just doesn't care about Alice? Is tired of Alice? Is tired of Mouse? It's like, look, I get it. When they were like, yeah, maybe we should stay, like in, stay in Arkham. I like, was like, yeah, stay in Arkham. Right? Don't do anything. And and when she was talking to the dad and she's torturing the dad and the thing. Yeah, she's like, the she's like, do you know what they do to me in here? I'm just like, my God, like, we're, again with torturing this dude? Like, right, we get it. Right. Like, I get it. If he does, you know? Berlanti loves to do the thing where they it's do emotional the torture, same like, thing every time. Yeah. Same thing. It's you like, know, it's like a Lino Luthor thing. Tired of Alice, especially I'm tired of Mouse. Why? Why is he? Why he's still in the show? I don't know. Yeah. This face stealing stuff. I feel like, especially with that kind of power, I feel like he's never gonna go away. I feel like he's gonna show up again next yeah, season. Yeah, he'll be back. Like when we least expect him to, <laughs> and then Alice will show up right with him, and it'll just be a whole. This is like corrupting the show. I'm like, this could be a good show. <laughs> you know, just have her forget about Alice, forget about Mouse, and move on to some other actual like bat villains. So I don't know, man. I get it. She's a maybe she's a big part of Batwoman lore, but it's dragging the show down. Like, like I'm not engaged. I am not engaged with this Alice Mouse stuff. So yeah, that's the my idea for her to use the Kryptonite as a way to get Kara to take out Batwoman. Is that what's is that what's I, happening? It has to do with 
It's Fox, right? I have no idea, honestly. What comes, like we need, I need some kryptonite or something. It, you can, yeah, I thought it had something to do with that book, yeah, right? Yeah, with the power, like some, 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 I guess it's like a power source. Something, that, so, but they were saying, oh, this this can be used to kill Batwoman or something. But I'm just like, it's talking about kryptonite. It's kind of confusing. I have no idea, honestly, what they're getting yeah, at. I'm with wondering, that. maybe have, if they feel like she can manipulate the kryptonite to control Kara, Kara, because that's the only thing I can think of. Why would you need kryptonite to kill Batman? even know yeah maybe yeah yeah i mean this show i mean, I, mean, that, I mean that actually happened in the hush comics so maybe i don't know maybe that's what maybe that's what right, they're uh, i think i think that's what they're i think i think that's what that is what they're they're that's a, that's the callback i think i'm just tired mm-hmm. of like the here's a storyline from the male version of the character you like that we're gonna just do with the female version i don't need that like just do something original, or do something from their comics. They have great comic books, Batwoman and Supergirl. I, I and think it's totally it's original stories. It's a disservice to do it so poorly. That's the issue. I mean, and they, to they, also they, do it as your 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 you know your main finale to your season. Like your whole, you're building up your whole season of this groundbreaking show to do a Batman Superman story. Come on, man. Yeah, like it's tough. Like I, I think, I think it could work because I think Supergirl has done those types of things right for the most part. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, you're you're right about that. That's fair. Superman kind of themes. It's like it hasn't been terrible. You know, they try to do the whole Red Sun thing. They've done aspects of some of these other stories, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But like Shamari said, when you do it so poorly, it just it makes it even it more so egregious because, yeah. like you said, EJ, you, why you couldn't do something original? This it, is the best thing you thought of. And you latch all these storylines to Alice and Mouse. Every single one, you yeah. latch it on to That's Alice like, and Mouse. The, honestly, you have no ch- <laughs> at that whole point, you season. have no chance. When's the last CW show? Well, Flash does it pretty frequently. <laughs> but when's the last CW show where you latch a whole season of just emotional drama? And just, you did this to me, you did that to me, I hate you, I'm going to make your life miserable. A whole season of just just the main the main hero, the main character, just is just like completely just burdened and just tortured constantly by this one person. And it's just... And it's not a good character. And it's not, they're well, not, they're not, they're not good. They're not good. The actress does a decent job with. I mean, she's she's acting great, very good actually. I mean, right. she's charismatic, right? But the character is just annoying, right? And not and not in like a. It's not right. in a way she that they be, want her to be. She would be fine <laughs> if she was a recurring secondary she, villain. Secondary, that if was she obviously maybe on. You know, like Kate's mine. Like she's like, she, man, my sister is right. evil, and she shows up every two or three episodes. Yeah, she shows up. Trouble, yeah, exactly. But isn't the big bad who's controlling gossip? Just every like, and in every episode, she's in like every episode. Yeah. It's like, yo, I can't get one episode without this Alice chick right. and Mouse doing something. I, yeah, I kind of missed the whole like, freak of the week. Sick of it. Uh, I'm almost uh, yeah, I'm almost missing that, which I never thought I'd be missing that. You know, <laughs> you should not have to worry about it. Um, I liked oh, the episode boy. with the bombs. I thought the episode with the bomb was Yeah, that cool. dude, Rob- Robles, the, or, yeah. or, yeah, yeah that Rob- was a good episode, it, I agree. It was a good break from the other stuff. Yeah. It was, I was like, that was good. He was a decent villain. You get another villain in I the didn't, mix. I, I didn't love the whole Lucius Fox twist. I was hoping there'd be something more to that. And I guess maybe yeah, there was, was, but yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Is there any yeah, way that we could save this show? Man. 
Like, uh, I mean, they, I, mean I, don't, I don't know if the show necessarily is bad. I think... It's not that it's a bad show, but, like, when we're going forward into seasons got, two, three, stuff, like, what are some things right. that they actually... I mean, I've heard... I mean, I think Alice needs to be more of a secondary character. I... I, I the, the actress plays the hell out of the role. The actress is really good. Um, She's doing a good job. Yeah. I, it just, I just think that that character is miscast as being the center of the season. You know, yeah. I, I think that she doesn't have... I think, um, you know, Alice doesn't have enough depth to keep me interested. She's Not for a whole season. She's way too one note. And look, she's damaged. I yeah. get that. But because, <laughs> we don't like... get, because we don't get enough of the Beth in there, like, I don't think that we really get to play on those emotions, really. Like, I never feel like that's her sister. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never get that emotion because she never right. portrays herself to be someone sane. So, Rachel Scarston has done a good job with giving her, them what she what they've given her, but I just think it's been too shallow. Um, they need a new villain. Um, I know I said that, we, you know, I'm tired of them just kind of leaning on Batman and Superman <laughs> stories, but I think that they next season they, they should lean on a Batman, a more familiar Batman villain. And and I don't know. I think that... And have it be somebody... I think you could do somebody cool that's, like, not... Maybe not... Somebody that on Gotham may have been a Freak of the Week villain. Yeah. Like, you know, Mr. Freeze, for example. You could do Mr. somebody Freeze too. Like, I feel like... It's uh, it, it not maybe... A, it doesn't have to be so personal. Big, big bad or somebody super personal. But, like... And, of course, you don't want to do a thing where it's, oh, the person that's a, you know, a C-level villain for Batman is an A-plus villain for Supergirl, for Batwoman. But it's like, but it would be cool to see you do that character in a much more menacing way. So, I, you know, it could be Mr. Freeze. It could be Poison Ivy. It could be, you know, any kind of Batman villain that maybe normally doesn't get that shine. Eventually, I think it could also be, be interesting if you introduce a character like Tim Drake or something, you know, as like a Robin. Um you know, obviously you'd have to already have the continuity where Nightwing's out there and things of that nature. But um, I think they have to liven up both sides of the specter. I think Team Kate needs a little bit, of, needs a little bit of juice. At least now the sister knows she's Batwoman, so I was getting a little tired of that as well. But I, I do, I did enjoy, uh, I did enjoy her in that last episode. Yeah, um, I, I thought her and like seeing the kid and being upset that now the kid was in. Uh, was you know part of the crew that knew that Kate was Batwoman, and now she didn't. She already didn't feel all that special because Kate had held out the, you know, the the secret this long. But then seeing now, you know, some teenager also mm-hmm. knew that she was Batwoman. I, I thought that uh, the actress did a really great job of playing yeah. off, off that. And man, man, Mary and Luke for me have been kind of been carrying the show. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's fair. Completely honest. I mean, Batwoman. Um, I mean, Kate, her storyline has been fine, but it's so connected to Alice always, <laughs> you know, it, I, I, I hate to be so, I, I feel like I'm kind of being a dead horse. I mean, I hate to be like that, but it's true. You know, her whole thing is, well, this, the problem Alice I think Shim is, this, yeah, I think the problem though, is like, they never really got beyond, <laughs> they never got beyond, okay, you thought your sister was dead and you thought you were the reason she was dead and now she's alive. They never really got beyond Never got beyond any that. more other issues outside of yep. that. Like, yep. it never got there. The Since depth I, of their rivalry never 
who's reached past that surface. It always kind of, like when you say, why are we even still doing this game? It's like, why are we here? It's like, at the end of the day, it's because Alice still thinks that she was abandoned. The only difference now is that she, she thinks she was abandoned again because she made some sick pact in which she thought that maybe they were all a family again for an and episode. Like, and like, I guarantee you, if someone had, say someone had dropped this show on like episode four and they looked at their preview for next episode and they saw Alice, they'd be like, yo, we're still on Alice? I'd yeah. be like, yeah, we're still on Alice. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know why. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. You know, but they just decided to make this whole season all about uh you know batwoman versus alice essentially and it's like it's i mean a bunch of other kind of random stuff thrown in in the mix but that's ultimately what it always was and it's just i feel like it's just and dragging thing is you can have I think, you can have a main villain you know be the center of a season but you gotta have certain major developments within yeah the character have to, have, to, to, to have some development that keeps me invested and, and they just haven't had any Exactly. And I feel like and when thinking about other shows that have done something similar, I mean, they usually have some kind of mystery, like either they maybe you don't know who they are for half the season or maybe like some there's something like you're saying, something happens. And every, and every time they tried to get to that moment, Sham, it always yeah. was centered on the same exact emotion, abandonment. It was, yep. oh, you're going to save the, the fake Alice, the fake Beth. And let me die. You're abandoning me. Exactly. Oh, you're you're leaving oh, you me in Arkham after I just helped you. You're abandoning me. Like you didn't realize the mother was torturing me. Oh, and yeah. It's so it's always just the same thing. I'm just it's like the I'm same thing about abandonment. It's like there's got to be other emotions that we can explore yeah. with this character yeah. beyond abandonment that drives this whole season of 20 episodes. It's a lot and, of episodes. And, and he's and, and Alice as a character is just very, she's a caricature. She plays the character well, but it's similar to the issues we had with Mad Hatter in Gotham and how he was constantly rhyming, constantly showing up and just being annoying. Yeah, she, it's her. She does that to a lesser degree. She doesn't turn it off. Yeah. Yeah, but but it's like yeah, those characters never work. Man. But it it doesn't work. Purple Man, the whole Jones is not a caricature of anything. Exactly, and it's like for a whole show. season of that, I don't like it. I'm not a fan. That's gonna turn a lot of people off. Like even Rachel Ghoul, like in any really Rachel Ghoul, but I'm thinking more so in the CW verse, like wasn't a caricature. Like he just didn't show up that much. It was kind of broken. Exactly. But it was like all right. We and it's like, and she has who the last character was uh, that was a really the. To be honest, a lot of the CW villains that haven't worked have been the caricatures. It's been the Damian Darks. It's been the uh, DeVos. Yeah. Those were yeah. the characters. You know, Bad Barry. Like, those characters that were just, yeah. like, so kind of yeah, obs- so bizarre in, like, everything they did. Oh, you know, those, one note, those one note <laughs> villains. Like you said, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough to make that work for 22, 20 episodes, man. Yeah. 13? Maybe you can get away with that. 20? it's not going to work. It didn't work here. But it's still, there There are signs of hope. I still, I think, you know, the fact that we've gone 20 episodes and we really haven't complained much of, about Ruby's performance tells me she's been fine, which is good. And that was a big yeah. concern we all had. Um, I agree. I think that uh, uh, Cameron Johnson, who plays Luke Fox, has been outstanding. I think that Nicole yeah. Kang um, has been really good as Mary. So there's a foundation for some good stuff, and and I think the one upside is they haven't really scratched the surface much of the Gotham lore. You know, we, the only main character, I mean, Magpie is really kind of the only 
Batman and, uh, character that we really Hush. explored no. at all. And yes. now Hush, but okay, that was a disaster. But, <laughs> but there's a lot of more meat on the bone. There's a lot of meat on the bone for just for Batwoman villains as well, not just obviously Batman villains. You could, there's a million Batwoman villains they haven't gone through either. So there's a lot of meat on the bone still, and we know Gotham is full of material. And so, so, so that, that, what, that gives me some hope. Do we think that Joker may end up showing up in this show? We're talking about things that could save it. They keep I mean, talking they, about he they mentioned him. They're teasing him. Being he keep saying he's dead, which I mean, I, don't, I mean, no, you can say it, dead. but you, the more and more you keep saying it, it makes me think that he's not. Because like being like you talk about beating a dead horse. I mean, remember what happened to Joker, huh? It's like, all right, we get it. Plus, the whole thing about Joker probably killed her. Her mom, right? Wasn't that the thing? Or you know, that was he the caused, he caused crash yeah, or something. Yeah, he was his craziness ended up being why all that happened. Yeah, yeah which so, I mean, that's kind of crazy to think about, but right? so so like it makes you wonder, you know, maybe Joker does show up. Be kind of, I mean, be kind of uh, obviously really giving Berlanti the keys. You give him Joker. But, I mean, that Joker's got a tough act to follow with Cameron. Uh, uh, yeah, I yeah, think they shouldn't, t- I don't think they shouldn't touch Joker. Awesome. That's true. I, I yeah, think going to say Joaquin. <laughs> oh no. Well, him too. But I mean, <laughs> him too. Both of them. Honestly, I mean, yeah, on television. Yeah. But in terms of TV, Joker, no one's going to be do better than Jerome or Jeremiah. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, they're both good. Or maybe, maybe I mean, that's a that's a maybe cast Manhattan. That's the other thing we have to talk about. He might be a little young, but yeah, who knows. Look, I, I'm not gonna put anything past Manhattan's ability. He he he's earned all the praise he gets. So if they wanted to say, "All right, you're a Joker," I wouldn't put it past them and say that's a bad idea. I'd I was younger uh, Batwoman. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's a good place to wrap the show, guys. So I hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. I certainly had a lot of fun. You can of course catch all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network on Apple. Uh, Apple, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and and Spotify, which I just learned hey, this week. We are on Spotify. I gotta be honest, I'm not quite sure how that happened. There was an effort at one point to put us on Spotify that did not work. Now we're on there. So, awesome. Really exciting. Yeah. So, you know, Spotify is a, is a great home for podcasts, so fact that we're on there is very important to us so make sure you guys check out us check us out on spotify now so the fact that new generations of spotify network that, that that's dope so uh those are our channels you can catch our podcast you can catch our youtube channel of course new generation media you can follow us on social media we're um on twitter new generation pod on instagram new generation podcast and on facebook new generation media you can find shamari on Instagram and Snapchat, MCSham22. I'm on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys once again for listening in. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.